summertime, and we really do need your help. Care about radio donations, we also need your help for the time. But remember, there really is only one God, and He is your Father. He loves you like a son or a daughter. He is your Father. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. His son is Yeshua HaMashiach. He gave his life for repented sins. He rose after three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And through him, and only through him, is the way to the Father. Remember, again, always be a blessing to others. Please, folks. Lord our God, Father, King Universe, ask in Yeshua HaMashiach's name that the Father blesses and keeps you, and his face shines upon you, and is gracious to you, and gives you peace like no one or nobody else can. Until next Thursday, this is Pastor Dan King. Goodbye and shalom. You've just heard the Messiah's Branch broadcast featuring Pastor Dan. To contact Dan on the Internet, go to messiahsbranch.org. To write to Dan, send a note to Messiah's Branch, 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Tune in next time for Messiah's Branch. Food prices going up, homes being foreclosed, unemployment insurance running out, jobs leaving the country. Many people cannot afford to eat or keep a roof over their head. Too many can do neither. Messiah's Branch has a mission church in Wichita, Kansas that helps the victims of this banker's economy, the American people. Your neighbors, the mission is the last hope for so many Americans. We need your help to lift up the poorest of the poor. These are men, women, and children who once had homes, now in the street. They all need what you need. First aid, beds, food, clothing, and so on. You can send a monetary gift or a box of necessities to 230 West 4th Street, Florence. Donate online by going to wichitahomeless.com or simply call 316-619-4886. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. 
If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. I guess. 
But in, you know, in the meantime, we ought to consider what the 4th of July means as, as far as the freedoms that we supposedly fought and died for. And so, you know, before the night's over, we'll probably talk about mandatory vaccines as being a bad thing. And you may hear a lot of people in the background saying, boo, hiss, boo, hiss, boo, hiss. Well, there's a reason for it. So uh, if anyone has joined me this evening already and wants to speak up so that I don't feel like I'm alone, speak up now. alone. Richard L. Stump from yeah. Indiana, doctor, doctor of medicine and, and space travel. Yeah. How are you? I'm doing great. Excellent, excellent. Now, do you yeah. know, have you seen Adam? Does Adam been roaming around down there? Have you seen him do anything like that? I, I saw his spaceship flying overhead. It was moving fast. Oh, okay. I hope he didn't crash again. Well, he'll join oh, no, us. No, he, 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 fast on his feet. Excellent. Excellent, like a cat. And, then, oh, yeah. and John's been very busy. I don't. We, we, I haven't talked to John for over a week, so I don't know where he's flying or if he's in Benghazi or if he's in uh, Hillary's uh, cabinet. I don't know. Well, according so we to Hillary, Benghazi doesn't exist. It never happened. Pardon? According to Hillary, it never happened. There is no Benghazi. What's that? Oh, really? I didn't know oh, that. Yeah. I always wondered how they came up with such a funny name, Benghazi. You know, yeah. I knew a guy named Ben Gaza, Garza, I, but he wasn't. I, I remember him, but Ben Gaza, I never knew. Do you think it's an identity thing? Richard? You've been hurt, isn't you? Yeah. So now, uh, now I'm, I'm, I really expected Adam to be on board because the yellow fat has made the news. And um, and I, 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 but you know, we don't need those guys. You know, sometimes think that we do this show just to make them happy. Hello. No. Yes, Hello? there he is. I knew if I knew if we spoke bad things about him, he'd come on the air. We have this landed. Adam. Yeah, this is Adam Bergstrom, who did not crash land his interstellar shuttle. Is there How a are ben, you tonight? I was just contemplating. Is there a Ben Affleck in the Middle East? They used to be. As a man older, I remember him real well. Yeah, I knew his sister. Yeah, Grace. Um, so, and I don't, you know, I'm not sure that Annie's going to join us. I'm, and I, it's, I don't think it's important. But the, uh, you know, when you when you brought up the idea of birth control, I remember sitting in the uh, home of uh, Rose and Hal Cameron with the blue carpets, and we're, we're all high school kids, and we're all of a sudden someone brings up the pill. <laughs> now, the majority of the kids in that room had no idea what sex was, even though they were in high school. We were protected as young children. We were not told what penises and that other stuff was all about. We were told how to use them in the bathroom, but that was it. And, you know, so from that point in time to your mentioning it now, you know, uh, in, someone once mentioned that was maybe one of the most remarkable good things. <laughs> and, you know, being near Fermenteris, where they count the eggs, <laughs> I don't know how many how many how many good eggs were lost, and then we ended up with bad eggs because they stopped taking the pill. <laughs> Does that make any sense? That makes sense. Yeah, it, it's um, um, 
No, you know, my second wife, who's the mother of all my children, never did take the pill. I guess that's why we had four kids. <laughs> Son, you know, I just figured that out. <laughs> Mine wanted so, five kids, but we only had two. But she got three for somebody else. Uh. You what? You went out and bought some, or what? No, no. She went, got married to someone else who would give her the other three. That's your mother. No, no. Uh, that's my wife. Oh, your wife. Yep. She wanted now, five kids when we got married, and I only wanted. Yeah. I didn't actually. Actually, I wanted to stop it too. And oh, I see. She, Wanted five, so she went out and got them somewhere else. Uh, oh, and actually, so my kids are so great that uh, maybe I should have followed her advice. Well, you were suffering from opinion. <laughs> you know, you had heard you had heard that the Chinese were afraid they were going to overpopulate themselves, so they restricted one child, one child. Well, back in the '60s, you could afford kids. <laughs> well, now hang on just a minute. <laughs> That's easy for you to say. Well, the entire the entire medical bill for my first child was under a thousand dollars, including the hospital anesthesiologist, doctors, numerous doctor visits, and whatever else. Under a thousand dollars, and because I was so broke at the time, I paid I paid one of the bills off two dollars at a time. <laughs> you know, you 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 made a bookkeeper really mad at you because every time you did that, it cost nine dollars to post it. I know, probably so. I had the longest bill in existence. Well, actually, it was only like a $500 bill, too, but I wasn't uh, I wasn't making much money back then. <laughs> you could, But actually, you could support a kid on uh, minimum wage. We had two, and managed to do right. it. Yeah, uh, you know, minimum speaking, wage. Yes, speaking of that, um, uh, did uh, are you joined by someone else this evening? She is here. Uh, we will go to do that. We'll go to the uh, room speaker. Is that right, Sweetie Pie? She'll be glad to join. You're going to do it right now. Here comes Vibrant Gal. All right. Now, for those people who are, you know, new to the idea of radio, or new to the idea of space travel, or new to the idea of human relationships, we're about to introduce the person who has enabled Adam to one, make a little money and write stuff and do something valuable because he found someone who actually encouraged him. Is that true or not? It's quite true. Now, if you're, if you're speaking, I'm not hearing you at all. Okay, can you hear me now? I really can. And no. welcome. Wel welcome to the Sulfur Hour Plus One. Thank you. Glad to be you're here. You're very welcome. Yeah, see, that you uh, and Cindy, who who is my partner in crime, share one simple thing. Um, I met her at a, uh, a a health conference and stuck a microscope in her eye and became enamored by her and sort of moved in and haven't left. <laughs> and she really has tried numerous times to get rid of me. <laughs> Yeah, but because of the association, uh, I've, I've stayed out of jail. I haven't been in jail a lot. Uh, we have two million study members, and she does all the work, and all I do is talk on the phone. So, you know, it's, I, I guess there's some benefits. So what was the reason that you went to jail? Well, in a time of trouble, uh, and, and at that time there was the Kyoto Protocol meeting at Sundance. 
in Utah. Robert Redford's own Sundance was going to be a place for the Kyoto Protocol people to get together and discuss why we were having trouble breathing and why the temperature keeps going up, even though everyone keeps lying and says it doesn't. <laughs> so I wanted to propose to the mayor who was going to meet him that, you know, possibly considering the use of chemical fertilizers could explain part of the problem. Mm-hmm. And I left a message with the, uh, you know, the, the, the nice lady who answers the phone at the city and county building. I said, please have the mayor call this man. This is the message. An adroit politician should call this man. That's, that was the whole message. I've still got a recording of it. And I didn't know that adroit mean, meant pedophile with horns. <laughs> I thought it was a compliment. <laughs> and the next thing I know, the little pain clinic that I was staying in was surrounded by a SWAT team. Wow. And they looked like they wanted blood. <laughs> and Adroit. what year was this? Pardon? What year was this? 2005. Oh, wow. Great story. Yeah, it is. It is. And so you've been together with Cindy since 2005? 2003. 2003. Yeah, the reason I was staying at the pain clinic, she didn't like the police coming to the door, so she kicked me out. Oh, (laughs) Okay, so then how long did you stay in jail? Oh, 157 days. Oh, my goodness. Without ever having a preliminary hearing. Oh, well, you're guilty. Well, if you want to get out of jail, you've got to say something, you know. Yeah. I've, I've been known to lie to save my, my derriere. Oh. And so I said, yes, yes, I intended to kill the mayor, even though I worked on his campaign. I wanted to pull each of his eyebrows out one at a time. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So were you the only one, or did they take the other people also? Well, the other person who was there was an 88-year-old chiropractor, and they knew he wasn't going to cause any trouble. <laughs> I was taking care of him, and while I was in jail, he died because no one was taking care of him. Oh, wow. What a story. Oh, that is terrible. Well, terrible is if nothing good comes from it. Yeah, and you know, and 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 while they locked me up in the Who's Gal, I got a chance to interview 480 male, mostly white, inmates of the Salt Lake County Detention Center, and you know, before they send you to the prison place. And I asked them one simple question: What was your first drug? These are people who've been in jail more than once. They keep coming back. What was their first drug? Now, I would imagine that you know, vibrant gal may not know the answer to this. Does anybody else want to? Their first, so out of answer? Uh, oh, what do you think the first drug was? Well, I may be... Um, Alcohol. Yeah. Ritalin. Wow. Oh, Ritalin. They give us... Before the age of six. Wow. Oh, wow. Now, 50% of the guards also reported that was their first drug. <laughs> wow. So the pharmaceutical company has developed this whole new industry of incarcerating people because moms who can't, who aren't as smart as their kids give their kids Ritalin. Oh. And then these kids go out and shoot people and all these false flag things. You know, the senator from Arizona probably would not have been shot by that fellow 
if he hadn't taken Ritalin before the age of six. But his photograph, you can see that he's a Ritalin kid. He has this blank stare. He's looking like someone stuck a, a fork up his butt. <laughs> wow. And, you know, my business is to photograph the human face in times of crisis. Yeah, I can recognize anybody who's been on Ritalin. I'm now really good at it. The nice thing is the sulfur takes the toxins of this synthetic speed out of your system. So, so you, yeah, your compassion comes back. Oh. So you, you don't want to go out and rob the, the bodego down the street. You buy, you, you actually pay for something. Wow. So you lose <laughs> compassion yeah. when you take Ritalin? Pardon? You lose your compassion when you take Ritalin? Um, yes. You know, it's like you have absolutely no conscience whatsoever. Oh, my. One reason Hitler gave his troops uh, speed, methamphetamines. And Governor, I mean, General Rommel complained about it to the German high command. You send me to North Africa with tanks. You send me gas, you send me ammunition, you send me water, and you send me pills for my soldiers, and they and they die without fighting. Wow. You know, and, and if 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 you have if you're fond of generals, Rommel was really a pretty good general. He liked to keep his men alive. I, that's my first. When I look for a general, I say, now which one of you guys can keep these guys alive? That's my pick for a general. Well, it takes about 18 years to grow an army. <laughs> I actually worked with a guy that was under Rommel in North Africa. We got a lot of Germans on Operation Paperclip when I was in the aerospace industry. Well, you know, and uh, and Stump had a good friend who happened to be Vice Marshal. Who was it, Stump? Well, uh, in the uh, First World War, uh, General Lentz. <laughs> General Lynch was on the Kaiser's army. He was on the right wing, and he explained to me how they lost World War One. I. I was about 14 years old, and uh, the general and his family moved in the apartment above ours on Hyde Park Boulevard, uh, across from the Museum of Science and Industry, uh, to locate it. And uh, he was a wonderful man. He was a personal friend of Hitler's. Hitler let him come over and bring all his uh, factories. He made gloves. He had factories in uh, Linz, Austria, and they let him. He, took, he brought all his wealth and everything else. But he'd uh, fed uh, Hitler breakfast when he was a young boy. Hitler was stopped by when his mother was dying of cancer. And uh, the Linz family took him in, and he uh, didn't stay there, but he would stop by and get his breakfast and his supper. You know, there's. Uh, I think there are some bad guys who are bad guys no matter what. Um, no, uh, it's all. What we have is uh, the true people you never know. That's like Trump. Uh, the news media twists and turns, and they make a. Uh, they're like a satirist. They just draw. They make satire out of what is really often good people. Well, you know. And, uh, they have to have the de their demons, you know. Well, and uh, so that they can send out our young men and women to uh, execute those demons. Oh, my goodness. 
Oh, that's that's true. But then I met when I was down in Lexington. I met uh, a uh, Otto von Bettendorf, and he was uh, in the uh, Hitler's army at the Battle of Kursk. And he explained how they lost the Battle of Kursk. And that was a key battle in the end of World War Two. So uh, I just fortuitously met two prime figures in two world wars. Hey, see the value of staying alive, Stump? I mean, come on, think about it. What's that? Staying alive. You can tell us that story. Those guys can't tell us that story. They're dead. Well, everybody's dead eventually. I mean, you're staying around. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, but I would, I would beg to differ, you can, you know, because 17 well, years we've been doing this, everybody's still alive. Uh, the catch twenty two in everyone's life is you are uh, you know they'll go out and think they're going to live forever and, and they'll have a head on collision at age nineteen because they don't know how to drive. Hmm. Yeah, well, sometimes it learn it's important to learn how to live. Well, it's you know the Patrick writing a book is called. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Adam. It takes a long time to get young. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, and you know, and it, it takes a long time to learn how to live. Too soon, old, too late, smart. Now, I didn't hear exactly what you said. Repeat, please. Too soon, old, too late, smart. Oh. Uh, and you know, if we allow our biology to do it right, both of those statements can be. Oh, software is wonderful. It's a miracle. Uh, it absolutely changes lives. Uh, that's a true statement that was said. All you got to do is take it, and I'll guarantee you, if you don't increase your IQ, you're an idiot to start with because you got a long way to go. Well, you know, some of the people who listen to our show don't even know how to spell IQ. <laughs> right. That's a difficult word. <laughs> Now, I, what I think is funny, and I know no one from the family is listening, so I can get away with saying this. Uh, Cindy's side of the family, and on my side of the family, even my daughter, no one takes sulfur. Really? I'm serious. Right now, you don't have uh, some of the members of your family don't take the sulfur? No. You know, they'll figure it out, but, you know, it's... it's I've stopped waterboarding people. I, it's just too messy. Oh, yeah. Well, a prophet is without honor in his own country. You know, that's why Muhammad well, left. He was yeah. living and moved to Mecca. And, that, and, and I'm not even uh, Islamic. Does that make any sense? <laughs> well, yeah. In Utah, we, we have a different form well, of Islamist uh, activity. And, and, it's, and they're called Mormons. And, and, and I think they're wonderful people, and they believe something. Now, Adam, you've run across people all over the land, and, and uh, Richard, you have too, and I really think that this is true of, of Sue, um, who is playing Vibrant Grau quite wonderfully tonight. Um, we, you know, we, we're all the same, but we're all different. And, you know, and, and how we respond to things really depends on how we feel internally. Do we feel good today? We respond well. If we feel like crap today, we generally are bad company. Mm -hmm. uh, is that really where yes, no, maybe came from, Adam? Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. 
what we, what I've had a chance to observe, and what Hesh has had a chance to observe, and um, Benjamin in France, and uh, Andrea, and I know she's not listening either. This is a pretty little girl in uh, Romania who's translated uh, Benjamin's book about organic self, which is written in French, into Romanian. Hmm. And uh, I don't read either of those languages. I guess we're going to have to wait till somebody translates it into English. <laughs> now, a serious question, being I've got both of you on the phone. Uh, uh, Adam and Vibrant Gal, how many books had you written before you met Vibrant Gal, Adam? Hmm. I think about 10 or 11, but I'm on a roll these days. We're writing one together now about bones. Hold it a minute. Hold it a minute. You mean the you put them in the bag and you shake them up and throw them on the ground to see what's going to happen? Not the not the not the bones that have been diced, but the bones that we walk around with. <laughs> now I don't know that. Yeah, I don't know that you have heard me say this uh, or or had it mentioned. Uh, when Cindy and I met, about the only thing that she was really terribly worried about was osteoporosis. Oh, that's because what she had had one. Yeah, she had one. Sulfur is important well, for osteoporosis. You probably well, know. I'm preaching. Yeah, she, yeah. We're trying to talk over each other, and, and, and your sword's bigger than mine, so continue. <laughs> uh, your turn. <laughs> okay, all right, fantastic. Uh, love it scores 40 love. Um, <laughs> by virtue of bone scan and slipping on a tile floor, She's discovered that her bones are quite good, and now even the even the doctor person says, "Wow, you got bones like a twenty-five-year-old." You know, not four months ago, five months ago, he said, "Yeah, you, it looks like your bones could just evaporate if someone spanked you on the butt." Sulfur helps. You know, protein is one of the major constituents of bones, and you got to have sulfur for that. I've heard that. You know, when I thought I thought it was just a rumor. When they take cows and they grind up their bones, they don't end up as calcium supplements. They end up as uh, what is it? glycerin, glycerin tablets, because there's much more protein in bones than calcium. And as my mentor used to say, you'll never see a limestone bridge. It won't support anything. You have to have the protein and silicon and boron and sulfur and other things in the bone. You know, I know I know Flanagan's not listening, but, you know, you just mentioned three of his favorite things. The only one you left out was uh, hydrogen. Aha. Uh-huh. And uh, the uh, and, and, I, and I don't know why I thought of this right now, but in, in listening to Ray Pete, I can't remember him ever mentioning the word, has he? Oh, yes, he has, in structured water. <laughs> so okay, but... The, and... Okay. and Gilbert Lang are into. Well, you know, the, uh, we really will enter the the period of the frequencies of life uh, undeterred. Uh, after the great? Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you, Richard. We'll be back in five minutes, so y'all come back. Go to the party if you have to. We'll see you in five. Thank you.
their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your
your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Caught you knocking at my 
Welcome back. I, I love the end of the song, but the applause drives me nuts. This is the Sulphur Hour Plus One on American Voice Radio Network. Our wonderful producer is Frank Stephens. In case you want to do radio, you just contact American Voice Radio Network and offer him too much money, and he'll let you do radio, too. You can get yourself an outfit and be a cowboy, too. Tonight, we're graced with the... Uh, comedy team from uh, San Cerrito or across the street from Ellen and uh and Oprah. Uh, it's Adam Bergstrom and his and his and his vibrant gal. So please greet the audience in the best California method you've learned. <laughs> Hello you guys. Thank oh, you for having us on. Where's well, June 9th, by the way. You know, it's a holiday. It's Donald Duck Day. Now, hang on just a minute. I mentioned to an old friend of mine that uh, once they complete the uh, uh, the rubber duck rally in Telluride, we'll take all of those rubber ducks and we'll put them in a lake called Lakeside, which is not too far down the road from our plant. And we could probably put enough rubber duckies in this little lakeside. I mean, it's a lake that's in the middle of a, a of a subdevelopment. <laughs> it's a lake. And it used to be the water for the dairy farm that used to make all the milk for everybody in the valley. And, uh, you know, so it's, it, this is a, a, actually Donald Duck Day. I mean, I, I'm going to run out and get one of those Donald Duck masks that makes you laugh, like one of those Wookiee masks. It's Brady's second birthday. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's also I I read that the uh, they gave a tribute to um, the movie about Donald and the atom, you know Donald the Wonder Duck. Do you remember what the movie was? Oh, Howard the Duck. That's my favorite. Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck. Yeah, it's, and evidently that's a June 9th thing too. Oh, I have a complete collection of the comics from one to the end, and both the magazines and the specials. Well, we haven't spoken to our storyboard man lately, but we have a storyboard fellow putting together the return of the Pied Piper <laughs> in comics book form. And uh, Sulphur is portrayed by Jessica Rabbit. All right. I mean, that's fitting, isn't it? And, uh, you know, so we haven't, we haven't quite gotten that ready, but I figure we can get Stump to help with some of the cartoons. Have you gotten that cartoon of the uh, Koch brothers sitting in there uh, disabled Rolls Royce under the viaduct done yet, Richard? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but, uh, well, Frank could put it online. Well, he got in the subway tunnel and disappeared. Uh-huh. There's a lot of that going on in New York City. Oh, yeah. That's I don't they are. Yeah. That's why their trains are supposed to go there. You're not supposed to go there. 
Human yeah, beings right. are not supposed to. It's, it's a rule of the third rail. You knew that, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So the uh, I want I want to get back to this this history of the of the traveling man who never left. I mean, this sounds like a um, a Dashiell Hammond book. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. I mean, I mean, you know, one day this girl's looking for this guy who who writes stuff and gets into trouble over it, and um, you know, and then when she finds him, to keep him there, she breaks her ankle. I don't think she did it on purpose, but kismet, kismet, <laughs> and he's been there ever since. Yeah, and so I was telling a friend of mine about what happened to me, and she uh-huh. has been looking for a boyfriend for umpteen years. And she said, so what bone do I have to break to get a man? Oh, oh, I, we know that one. You break <laughs> your funny bone. If you want to get a man, you break your funny bone. <laughs> I'll tell her. Yeah, I mean, would you not agree, Adam? No medical bills that way. Exactly. No, I broke my funny bone. I was so impressed this girl had broken her funny bone. I asked her how she, you know, I went out with her. <laughs> And you laughed all night. Oh, you know, laughter. Uh, when, it, when it comes to glutathione, this is what I have learned. You cannot ingest glutathione. It is devoured by the stomach acids. You can ingest sulfur to make your own glutathione, or you can give yourself shots of glutathione in your rump, mm-hmm. or you can laugh really, really hard. I don't have any financial ties to this, but if you order the uh, complete works of recorded performances by, um, uh, what's his name? What's the guy's name? Uh, oh, come on. Um, he, um, he, used, he used to be funny, and he died. Uh, but he used to, he used to, come on, why, I, can, why, I can see his face. George Merlin. No, no, Jack would never make you laugh that hard. He was too subtle. But George Carlin could make you laugh at your own stuff. Yeah. So you, you you go online and you order this complete set of George Carlin stuff, and by the time you're done, if you still have a disease, then you're <laughs> dating somebody with Zika. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what Norman Cousins did, you know. Instead of going to the hospital when he was sick, he just yeah. checked Del Hotel and watched Marx Brothers movies. Well, today he's, he's much he's much he's much more mature than we are. I think I think George Carlin is much better suited for the American mind than the than the Marx Brothers because see they they helped establish Nazism. Oh, Marx Brothers? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You wonder why uh, Harpo never spoke? He was a secret agent, man. <laughs> <laughs> And he did have a shoe phone, and he did have a cone of silence. <laughs> you know, all of these lies that they perpetrated on us are so funny that we will embarrass them, making light of them. Yeah. You know, when 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 someone gets up and says that vaccines are completely and totally safe, and the and that all the science is in, well, that's a pedophile. Yeah. That's a person who doesn't like children, doesn't like mothers, may not even like fathers. Right. But definitely they don't like children. 
And you know this 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 whole campaign that's coming up, we have uh, P. T. Barnum, Donald Trump, and then we have I can be anybody you want me to be, Hillary, the perfect Democrat. I can be anybody you want me to be, Hillary Clinton, with her husband in the background. You know exactly he'll let her run the show. He won't get involved at all. Uh, but the, but the dividing issue is mandatory vaccines. Hillary's in favor of mandatory vaccines or you will be shot. What? Donald wants to get laid, so he agrees with his wife, and that's why Baron Von Trump was not vaccinated at the age of two. Not because Donald has some great opinion about it, it's because he wants to get laid. And Lena said, no, no, nookie. Vaccinate the kid and you're done. Also, Obama found out about me. He's now wants mandatory voting. <laughs> When Susie was in Hungary, (laughs) (laughs) you know, when I go to a medical meeting regarding um, yeast infections, guaranteed everybody's going to be scratching their crotch. Now, is that a great observation, or is that just biology? <laughs> you know, I, I've been observing what people do regarding their biology for 48 years. I didn't know what I was doing at the time. But since I've been taking sulfur, I seem to remember. And uh, it's the thing that's amazing to me is that I don't have people calling and calling names and throwing rocks at me and stuff like that. Because they're all better. I don't care what their issue was. They're all better. Now, are they cured? I don't, you know, that's a word I don't even understand. There is no word in Cherokee for cure. There's a word that says get off your dead ass and get back to work. That's the that's the word for cure in Cherokee. Uh, and, you know, and I think it's the same word in Chinese. It could be even in Korean. Um, you know, it's it's all of us have to pull our own weight or the pyramids never would have been built. Because you, you didn't help with the pyramids, did you, and Adam? Nope. Does Ontarian okay. innocent. Yeah, I mean, see, I think the Ontarians follow the prime directive. Don't mess with what's going on, because the change may produce a fellow by the name of Adolf Schmeling. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, the prime uh, it, yeah, and I don't. I, I don't even. Adolf's so bad. I don't even want to bring him up. You know. I mean, I think we just ruin people's dinners and stuff. Um, but you know, if, if vaccines are the issue, then freedom is the issue. And if, if now we're going to get mandatory vaccines, or they'll shoot you, or mandatory voting, or they'll shoot you, don't they know that you have the same um, cloaking device that Donald has, Adam? A cloaking device would be an excellent idea. Well, you know, anybody gets anybody that angry. Have you wondered why he's wearing a baseball cap lately? <laughs> well, because his cloaking device is interrupting the, the national feed from ABC, CBS, and NBC, and NPR. So he has to cover up the cloaking device. It still works. He's protected. Maybe that's why we just saw a guy wearing a cowboy hat with a baseball cap on top of it. Now that's a dedicated ball player. 
The uh, I, I bet you'll never, I never, you'll never see a bull wearing the same combination. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, we there's just that. Excuse me. <clears throat> there's just us tonight, and um, as the boy, forgive me, I, I just learned how to breathe. Um, <laughs> considering how fast we're growing, and, and I don't mean that we're doing anything wonderful. It's just the word is getting out. And uh, I mean, a lady called today. And she said, "Well, Zara told me to call." Now I know what that means. If someone calls from Seguin, Texas, and, and they said Nona called, told the call, I know that that person has probably been duct taped into a chair and been forced to watch my interviews on on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And if we don't send them sulfur, they could be in serious danger. Uh oh. You know, and if you ever if you ever get down by Seguin, Texas, and you run into Nona Birchie, that's the person who's got 400 families in Seguin, Texas, all taking sulfur. Is that Sabine? I used to live right near there. No, Sagin. S-E-G-U-I-N. Named after somebody. <laughs> there are a lot of towns. There's a little town called Dimebox, even. Well, that was named after somebody named Dimebox. But, I mean, have you ever run into anybody named Sagin? No. Sabine? I mean, you know, I... It, it could be back in the day when they were doing waltzes or begin the begin, the person named Seguin was kept out of the room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, that was a stretch. I'm sorry. <laughs> By the way, uh, how's your ankle, Vibrant Gal? Oh, it's wonderful. I mean, I knock on wood, it's totally healed. Oh, okay. Now, for that to be a true statement, you would now have to be quite dead, and we'd be looking at you pathologically. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really? See, you, see you're, you're, you're still in midstream. Um, when, when, you know, long before you broke your ankle, you stepped foot into the twilight zone. Okay. And, 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 and just inside the twilight zone was our tour director his name was adam bergstrom still is <laughs> well it was my favorite tv show that one time well you know and it was it was interesting writing you know it was interesting what if writing what if what what now what if and you know and then you get good actors to turn that what if into oh my goodness some of those almost scared me <laughs> except i remember we were in the twilight zone <laughs> you know, and, and it's interesting because I was working at the medical center when those were on, and would you know sometimes come home just totally exhausted, and now I had to go into the twilight zone <laughs> 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 on a thirteen-inch Sony TV. Mm. Do you know how hard it is to step into a thirteen-inch Sony TV? <laughs> so have you have you come up with any helpful ideas as far as our, the musical we're producing? What music are you producing? Well, Vaxxed is, oh, is now getting some airplay, and people are you know uh, Adam hasn't seen it, I haven't seen it. Of course, we don't need to see it, and we don't want you know we're cheap. Uh, 
But, you know, now that that message is out, there's another message, which is the return of the Pied Piper. Uh-huh. All of those vaccine-damaged kids can come back. I really do believe that more than in my heart. I believe it in my head. And uh, the mothers of those formerly vaccine-damaged children, they believe the same thing. But the people who are really impressive about believing something so trashy and then so interesting are the seniors who remember who they are. You guys, you guys know more people who can't remember who you are, and someone who can't remember who Adam is really is lost in their own mind. <laughs> yeah. is, that, is that a fair is that a fair statement, Adam? It is. Yeah, and yet you know people who know they don't. They really don't. Re- they don't remember who you are. You know, even though the last conversation you had may have been just one of those wonderful conversations, but now they can't remember who you are because they can't access their memory banks. When 80-year-old girls more than the 80-year-old boys can tell me the color of the wallpaper from their third birthday party, Mm. oh, my goodness. Hmm. And, you know... And the and these are I mean these are supposedly supposed to be dead folks. They're eighty years old and older. They should be dead. I mean didn't 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 they read the owner's manual? <laughs> Retirement sixty five, death sixty seven. I mean that I mean that's on right in the manual. And two hundred thousand of them persist on living, taking up valuable air, consuming valuable resources, and telling the best jokes. You know, they know the best jokes. They've got eight decades. Now, that's dead air. Our society has a prejudice against being old. You have to bite someone on the neck to live a long time. I saw, uh, I, they have vampirism in on Antares? <laughs> They do this. Anything to do with age? If you got to live a long time, you got to bite someone on the neck or some kind of witchcraft or something like that. You can't just get it naturally. The media won't let you do that. Well, I know that's. Hey, I'm sorry. No offense to Frank. That's why this is not known as media. <laughs> you know, we've just invited a few people into our home late at night. You know, and and we have a fire going, and, and we have ducks that fly over. And you know, and we're discussing the possibility of doing just that, not aging. This is you know, not media, much better. Yeah, but you know, the the people who send us photographs, and we quite frankly I haven't requested photographs for a long time, because the photographs we have keep demonstrating that these people who are supposed to be getting older are getting younger. Mm. But one of the, you know, one of the most important things about how we mistreat each other is pain. Do they have pain on Antares? Yeah. No such thing. <laughs> Excellent. God, that, I mean, that saves a lot of time. And, you know, and on, on Earth, if you add sulfur to your diet, and you can add sulfur to your diet every 10 minutes for pain until the pain goes away, then pain is not a reason for mistreating someone you know or love or like. Wow. How about someone you don't like? You know, a relative. It seems that we have more relatives that we don't like than friends we don't have. 
<laughs> Was that a truism? Did I did I just say a truism? <laughs> so now you know I I know that Adam is not, is constrained from taking sulfur because of his uh, intergalactic uh, membership. But you, from listening to your interview on one radio network, really could probably benefit greatly. From sulfur? Yeah. There were two and a half times when you forgot what you wanted to say. Yeah, that's true. I did. And, and Oh, and you, I, I'm sorry, you covered it up like a prize ballerina. <laughs> I heard it because I listened for that stuff. Oh. Uh, and you know, and, and and I quite frankly haven't ever heard Adam go through a doorway when he's on one radio network or when I'm listening to someplace else. You can't go through a doorway. You'll forget what you were going to say. Oh. So you can't go through a doorway. It's called doorway Alzheimer's. <laughs> uh, but but by clearing out the trash in the blood-brain barrier, you have immediate access for anything you want. Okay, I will consider that. Well, and I, you know, I, we, it is. It, I think it's time for this next song. So we'll see you all in five. Okay.
their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from ABR. The ABR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for one forty. $49.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Welcome back. 
the 9th of June, 2016. What? How old is Donald Duck then, Adam? 82. Donald Duck is 82 years old. And when you run into someone on the street who is at least 80 years old, maybe 82, wish him a happy Donald Duck Day. <laughs> or, or her. Happy Donald. Uh, what was her name? What, what was her name? Daffy? No, what was her name? Daffy. 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 Oh. No, no. Donald Duck's lady duck was not Daffy. That was... That was the uh, the fun, the funny uh, rabbits. Tweety duck. Uh oh. Okay, so the contest is: please contact Frank as instant messenger and tell us who Mrs. Donald Duck's real name is. You've got to have a name. <laughs> I mean, we won't be able to sleep t- a night until we find out. I mean, it was Huey, Dewey, and Louie were the kids. Daisy Duck was baby Huey and baby. What were the three ducks? <laughs> Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Yeah, right, right. Did I see? Did I? Did I hear the the Ben the Benghazi pilot in the background? Uh, maybe. I thought I heard him, but I mean, you know, the point is, uh, this wonderful man, who may or may not have been wonderful, Donald, you know, Walt Disney, he created a wonderland for us so that we wouldn't confuse, be confused by reality. Mm-hmm. And I want everyone to listen to this, because I, I know we've researched this fully. Dumbo did not need the feather to fly. <laughs> did everybody hear that? I mean, is it, is it on the record now? Dumbo did not need the feather to fly. Now, anybody who's got a crutch, I guess you can share that information with them. And if if they've got a little funny hat and big ears, they may start flying. (laughs) You know, we've all grown up with fantasy, and now we get into the real world and they say, well, you know, it's unfortunate that your body has given up on you and you have cancer from your toenails to your eyelids, and the only thing we can do that's really humane is shoot you. (laughs) But I want to reiterate Every aspect, every form of pain that we've encountered, people who've called us and pain is the issue, has been addressed by putting sulfur in your mouth. Mm. If the pain is in your brain part, you, you put the sulfur in between your upper teeth, I mean your gums and your upper lip, like you're chewing tobacco. Now, I've never seen anybody chew tobacco in their upper lip, but your tongue knows where to put it. Mm-hmm. And migraine headaches go away. You know, this is, we didn't know anything when we started this. And we, when we, uh, you know, when you get to two million, they can't all be lying. I mean, what's, what's the statistical average that you got two million people out of two million people all lying, Adam? It's pretty high. Yeah, I, I, that, that would be, that would be hard to, to fathom. High. But, you know, on, on our watch, you know, while we're all still part of the planet, we will stop using chemical fertilizers. That'll take a little longer than the vaccines. The vaccines will end on this year. If the people who make the vaccines aren't making them anymore, what are we going to have to vaccinate with? We've got two-year supply of vaccines that have been purchased by the government. But I think we can convince everybody not to take those. So, you know, 
the reason that Adam was sent here from Antares was to find out, can freedom work? Is that true, Adam? That's true. Yeah. Because, you know, on, on Antares, they wear the collar of obedience. <laughs> so if they step on a crack, it really does break their mother's back. Uh, but see, he's, he's been allowed to come here where we at least have some some credibility or some idea of freedom. And your and your mother's back didn't break, Adam? Nope. Okay. Never did. Now, so, um, what did you do with where you were staying before you met Vibrant Gal? I was all over the place in La Jolla, in uh, near Sabine, Texas, once upon a time. Paradise Valley, Arizona, Tucson, Arizona, Flagstaff, Arizona, um, Sedona, Arizona, you name it. Kind of got so around. Texas, Ohio. Yeah. So in all the traveling that you did, you never found a safe port in a storm. Uh, so you had, to, you had to go someplace and create a storm resulting in a broken ankle, and you've been there ever since. <laughs> I think we you know. Hey, this is an O. Henry story. I mean, we could we could, we could, we could get dizzy to do this story. Yeah. Yep. So it was all his fault that I broke my ankle. Well, I was going to wait for you to say that. I wasn't going to bring that up. Well, you know, because I, I, go ahead. I already had my ticket to go to New Zealand the week after, and then I broke my ankle. I, forgive me for asking this question. Did you remember to turn the tickets in? Yes. <laughs> Good girl. Good girl. I hate to see that go to waste. Uh, you know, the it's interesting that uh, over the years, New Zealand has played heavily into what we do because people keep going there. Very interesting. News alert. <laughs> News alert. News alert. What's going on? What? News alert. Donald Duck's first girlfriend was in 1937. And her name was Donna Duck. And then wow. in 1940... Donna Duck. It was now, was, is that where the, the uh, Donna Reed show came from? I have no information on that, but... In 19- you know, so, some people have no idea what that means. In 1940... Yeah, the... Uh, the uh, ...was Daisy Duck. So there you go. Now you can... Oh, now, we, you know, I'm sorry, your volume is down, so we didn't hear that. Keep Repeat, please. In 1937, Donald's girlfriend was Donna Duck, and in 1940, he got a new girlfriend, Daisy Duck. So, now you can sleep. All right, all right. Now, does that make him a bigamist? (laughs) They were never married. They were only dating. Oh, that, yeah. You try to sell that to their folks. (laughs) Dating ducks. Yeah, dating ducks. I love that. See, now this every every little avenue we go down is is, a, is another aspect of the musical, the return of the, you know, Pied Piper. That's right. Donald Duck and Daisy Duck were dating ducks. And they never vaccinated Huey, Dewey, and Louie. <laughs> they were smarter than that. Yes. That's exactly right. Now I'm not sure about Scrooge McDuck. I'm not sure about him. He I'm had a sure girlfriend, just... too. Uh, Gilda O'Gilt? Something like Golda. Goldie O'Gilt. Oh, that's like my, that was like oh, my aunt. Girlfriend. Now, I mean, where else, where else in the, in the galaxy can you wander down this portion of memory lane 
not realizing how important it is. It, I mean, even even soupy sales for some people was so important because he made people realize how stupid they were. Is that fair? I mean, you know, some, it, it, how, how are you going to realize how stupid you are until someone makes humor of it without embarrassing you so that you can realize how stupid you are? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a friend who will not embarrass you but still demonstrate that you're an idiot. <laughs> some people believe that the sixth sense is a sense of humor. Oh, and I think it's probably, it should be the first. I mean, hey, if, if God could make a duckbill platypus, why not make it the first? <laughs> that does take a sense of humor. I, you know, it's, uh, now maybe it's just because we're humans and we're bipedal or bipolial, uh, and it's and, and so we have a different outlook on, on life. But, you know, when I look at, up close to a, at a mosquito that's foolish enough to land a, under a microscope or a, a lens that I've got, I'm intrigued at the strength it has to do what it does. You know, I mean, this is this is an itty bitty thing, but it can penetrate your skin, steal your blood, and and uh, uh, book an overnight room at Holiday Inn, and leave town without you ever knowing about it. And the mosquitoes were so big in Texas, they had landing gears. <laughs> well, hey, the best story we have is in Louisiana, where the where the people who take the sulfur are not bitten by the mosquitoes, but the mosquitoes steal your car. <laughs> that beats the Texas ones, and I, I that could be a little, you know, a, a little bit of an exaggeration, but I still thought it was a funny story, um, you know, because in uh, I've been around flying things that look like they could steal your car, mm-hmm. you know, and I guess you can be afraid of them, but they're so fascinating. When you know, when you see a giant dragonfly that has like about a 12-inch wingspan, right. sometimes you just have to sit down and say, wow, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and when you have to sit down and have a uh, conversation with a praying mantis, just don't let you get your finger too close because mm-hmm. they don't know you're not food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's it's... We, we share the planet with these, these creatures, but if we play proper music, they all become less savage. And, and, if we, and if we change the pH of our blood, they don't like the smell of our blood. And, you know, they'll go to other, other places to get the blood they need to do what they need to do. Uh, but as far as viruses, I mean, I, are the president of the World Bank says we are putting a $500 million program together to fight Ebola and, and Marburgs and, and, and whatever you call it. Mm-hmm. Gee, they're all viruses. And if you take sulfur, I'm sorry, if you get infected by a virus, you've been dating a six-year-old. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we haven't had any virus advance. We've had no one report even a flu virus. You know, for the last nine years. Prior to that, they you know they just didn't seem to come up. Um, and it's we want to fight everything with money. And and I'm sorry, uh, money isn't gonna isn't gonna bring your child back. 
money isn't going to bring the feeling back in your feet or your toes or your arms or your nose or even your eyes, your ability to see. But your biology has that capability. We've been taught that it doesn't. Adam's the world traveler, comes from the galaxy. He's seen that even humans can regenerate. And Doc Stump says the thing about, uh, you know, as long as you get your proper minerals and vitamins and things, you're not going to get sick. Well, it's true. You know, it's just, um, I just thought of this, so it's got to be a stupid idea. You have one million bison on the plains in the middle of Montana. And they're getting all the stuff they need. And one million bison only get eaten by some foxes, bears, and wolves and stuff like that. Otherwise, they don't get sick. And how do we know that? Because the Indians wouldn't eat the fallen animals. <clears throat> you know, and the Cherokee knew how to write. You know, and, and, and the Plains Indian knew how to, you know, make little dancing figures. Uh, but the oral history, you know, lives on. You know, a, a fallen animal may be a source of illness. You don't you don't take advantage of that. You know, you let the, the great spirit give you an animal and you shoot it with your arrow, or you jump on it and make it laugh to death. <laughs> I've never laughed a buffalo to death. I never. I don't. I'm not sure I want to try. <laughs> but you know, we've been convinced by the powers that be, the World Bank, the WHO. Um, the intergalactic uh, uh, video game travelers uh, and, and and those people at the AMA and all of those, those three-letter associations, you know, it's, it's profitable for them that we die on time. Slowly. Some think, some think timing. Slowly, you know, it, it, with a lot of chemo. Yeah, exactly. And lots and, uh, I heard on NPR today that they, they've uh, found a way to uh, fight melanoma with something that they used in rats, not to kill the cancer, but to allow the T-cells to attack the cancer. How clever. Let the body fix itself. Mm-hmm. Well, we're seeing the same thing with sulfur. So maybe we don't have to go to the T-cells. All we've got to do is go to the oxygen compartment, take out the oxygen, let the oxygen do what it's supposed to do, and then take out the trash. I mean, that's what sulfur well, does. Yeah, uh, Patrick, I'd like to mention something about organic sulfur. It is miraculous. Oh, totally miraculous. In the history of the world, uh, plastic surgery uh, has come on in the last, uh, probably about the last 200 years. Of course, I'm sure that some of the ancients also practiced it, like in Peru. Uh, but anyway, uh, organic sulfur is uh, a proof that there's a God because it is the only thing you can take orally and apply to your skin also, but at best just take it orally and correct scars that you've had for years. And I'm not saying that they don't, they just uh, heal tighter, that type of thing. They disappear. What kind of force would know where they should be. In other words, I have a lady that's about 75 years old. When she was 16, a bear grabbed her hand, and, and then it uh, switched her hair, had her by the head, and a line come up, and he was going to share in the spoils. And her uncle took a 2 before and beat the line, and it 
retreated, and then he pulled her loose uh, from the uh, bear. But she had scars all over her face and around her eyes, and uh, she just about lost one eye. She lost her thumb, tremendous wounds in her uh, back and in her legs, and uh, she uh, was in the hospital like two or four weeks. Clyde Beatty's surgeon took care of her. And, of course, everyone knows Clyde Beatty was a circus uh, a lion tamer. But anyway, her uh, grandfather up there in Peru, Indiana, ran a, um, he took care of the lions and tigers and elephants in the wintertime. They'd bring them to uh, his place, and, and he had uh, a farm there with uh, arenas and cages and everything. And she was about 16 and brave, you know. And so here's this lady. Six months to ten months ago, she started organic sulfur. And scars she had for since she was 16 years old have completely disappeared. And the skin comes back and the muscles are coming back in the normal areas of where they belong. And it's just miraculous. It's, it's right. biology. I mean, you know, it's, it's, excuse me for interrupting, but I think it's working for the cells. And how does that yeah. have to be a command from the brain, you know, from the, from the center of the, of the brain, hypothalamus and the pituitary gland and all the different areas. And all these things work together. That's what I want people to understand. Yeah. A man cannot duplicate that. So that's why we should really call a miracle. That is a true miracle. Oh, I know, but then they'll tax it. And I saw If we proclaim it a miracle, they'll tax us. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the same way with the autism. We know by an x-ray that the brain is <clears throat> and shape and everything like that. And if you take organic sulfur, it'll come back to the normal shape. And probably if you took it long enough, the child will be practically normal. And they've been using it down in uh, Argentina for years. And uh, some of the backward countries, so-called backwards, and here this country we have, supposedly the most civilized face of this, has become a third world country because our government is so stupid. We have the dumbest government in the world. Yeah. It's a laughing stock in the world. So well, what does that know, mean that we have as people, as a population? They're all damaged by these drugs. Ah, Richard, 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 not only do the scars go away, and that's what our sulfur has to do. If it can't make scars go away, then we're selling you crap. But in in making the scars go away, yeah, you're allowing all the cells to regenerate. So your vision improves. But how do they know where to line up to be in the right spot? A plastic surgeon can't do that. No, no, you know, but then the plastic surgeon normal thing in other words, you. Uh, this, the nose really shapes itself into a normal pattern. I mean, that's miraculous. That's miraculous. Yeah, especially cause I, I know some people have had their nose broken so many times. Just just finding a nose would be miraculous. <laughs> that's right. Or finding brain in a lot of cases. It's. Um, what I think is, is very interesting, the, the mothers that I've talked to regarding their children and the ones that have their kids back are, are, are you know, the, are the best resource, but those who described a, uh 18-month-old or 2-year-old who was, 
you know, speaking, sentences, singing, dancing, hugging, loving, and within a day after the vaccine, they were gone. Mm-hmm. It's the, only the smart kids who get affected by the vaccines. The dumb kids, they get to be dumb kids no matter what. But can they come back from being dumb kids? We will find out. But those who are, you know, those who have been vaccine damaged, they're all, they're all really bright kids. They're not dummies. You know, and, and the mothers are concerned enough that they notice that they weren't dummies. They see the other kids who are three who are still sucking their thumb and don't know how to say daddy or mommy or anything of that sort. But their child was exceptional. Now their child is sucking their thumb and doesn't know how to say mommy or daddy or love anybody. And that's, that's unkind. That's not nice. You know, we, we have, we have a, a society of smart Alex who think that vaccines are a, a, something we should do, and it doesn't matter how many of our kids are damaged, and they certainly don't care about the mothers who are damaged even more than the kids. In nature, you know, I mean, immunity, one disease at a time, not 20 at a time, or whatever they're giving out. I've lost well, there, there's no evidence that they've ever worked. Mm-hmm. You know, someone sent around to posting the history of vaccines, and, you know, in every case where they think the vaccines were effective, well, it could have been that we cleaned up our act. You know, there was no vaccine for cholera. We just cleaned up the water. You know, and... and uh, Fevers like typhoid fever. Well, the only, the only people who got affected by the typhoid fever were those people whose immune systems are already flat. You know, and if you take if you take sulfur twice a day and your immune system is flat, we'll come by and fill up your tires. I think we're going to break. I think I heard music. Everyone, come back for the last minute and then listen closely to these words.
people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
we back? Yeah. We're back. Well, I'm amazed. You know, I got so I got so confused because I was thinking the rest of the song was there, and I was just confused. So welcome back. This is the last half hour show. of the Cell for Hour Plus One on American Voice Radio Network. Now you can talk. Yeah. Well, I tell you. <laughs> Now listen, we were talking about the miracles of organic sulfur. Well, it's yes, sure. relative, you know, DMSO. Everyone in our listening audience should understand that uh, organic sulfur is derived from DMSO, and they both come from the pine tree sap. And if you work them together, it's, the, the miracles exceed anything I've discussed or anyone's discussed. Uh, well, you need to Google it yeah. and... Uh, Think about applying it to cuts, bruises, and any kind of injury because it's been used in sports for 30 or 40 years. Well, it's been used in horse racing longer than that. Emergency. Emergency. Yeah, when a horse doesn't walk right, it's because one of its legs hurts. And so is a fairy who checks the shoes, and then he rubs liniment on the horse's legs. And for a long time, that liniment has been dimethyl sulfoxide. You know, the only well, problem is it doesn't have the uh, curative They think more of horses and animals than humans in this country. You know, they think more of horses and animals than uh, than humans. Well, now, Richard, come on. Horses and animals don't talk back. <laughs> well, they treat us worse than them. They treat us. They, that's because we talk back. They'll punish you. Know, we do talk back. They'll get us for a hate crime. <laughs> <laughs> you, you Muncie, Indiana man. That's right. That's right. Now, I want you to know it's bigger than the town. It's like a mole or a fungus. It's just spread everywhere. Okay. Now, do you think sulfur could have I don't know. I think liberalism is a sort of a mole form. Well, and, you know, here's here's the thing. Uh, being that we're building homes with bad uh, sheetrock, and so it turns to mold, and we get black mold in our lungs, and then sometimes we just die. Um, yeah. If you can shed light on mold, if you can shed sunlight on mold, the mold dies. Well, if you give her organic sulfur and DMSO on her head, she might shape up. Well, she yeah, we don't know about that. that. Yeah, we haven't, we, haven't, we haven't ever researched the DMSO other than well, I used to freeze corneas with it. But just on, this, on the sole report of the sulfur alone... Um, yeah, I mean, Richard, I don't have anybody complaining to me about the same thing they were complaining about when we first met. When they first called us on the phone and they tell me all the bad things are going wrong with them, they can't remember them anymore. I can, but they can't. Now, whose voice was that? We have a a voice, a shadow voice on the on the line. Who is uh, sign, come in and sign in, please? <laughs> Hello, is Adam Birch around? Well, Adam, have you been abducted again? I'm still here. Wow, fantastic! Vibrant Gower, are you still there? I'm still here. 
See, that's the nice thing is you guys confirm that each other are there. We're, I can't confirm that I'm here. <laughs> now, when was the last time you wanted to be in a musical, Adam? Um, hmm, let me think, let me think. I don't think I wanted to be. I like drama. <laughs> oh, well, you know, musicals have to have drama in them. My uh, drama teacher never forgave me for dropping out of drama in the end of the 12th grade. Did the drama teacher want you to be a great thespian or what? I guess so, yeah. He gave me an A. But that, uh, in fact, uh, our co-student, uh, Marsha Mason, she made it big. So he would go rub that in after we graduated and say, see, she made it. You could have made it too, you idiot. <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, I went to school with Debbie Does Dallas, and I never offended when they recognized her, and they never recognized me. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's not necessarily the recognition, but what does that connection with that person have to do with your longevity? That's you know, every person we, every person we meet could be a white-coated assassin. Mm -hmm. That's true. You know, I mean, they could be wearing a Bush Brothers suit or a tie under their with their white coat over it, but you don't necessarily know their motives just because of the white coats. The reason for the white coats is so the hospital doesn't have to pay the cleaning bills for the expensive suits. I had to wear white coats for seven years. Yeah. My yeah. wife's grandmother, you know, died because I had a white coat on. They came and got me instead of the doctor. <laughs> when was the last time I wore a tie? Um, so, you know, the, uh, what, you know, what's interesting about this, even though we're only speaking on this, on this uh, powerful but limited radio program, at the same time there are people in other lands who are beginning to speak as we are speaking about this thing. Uh, because of Crude and Ramon, we have found an ally in Romania, and uh, we can't name names because, you know, that's still part of the East Bloc. Uh, but one of the allies is a person who is a physical therapist, a person who uses their hands to try to make our biology right. You know, I, I think we also call it massage therapy over here. I love massage therapists because they sometimes realize the, the scars are gone when the person who has the scars hasn't. That makes sense? That's right. You know, if you've been massaging someone for 15 years and they come in and the scars that they had are gone, you know, you think, well, see, are you like Hillary Clinton, a clone? <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, it, 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 I I love that kind of feedback. I mean, that just makes all the sense in the world, and yet it's someone else's observation. It wasn't my observation. It was their observation. You know, if you can regenerate scars, as Richard said, and that's, that's has, it has to be that way or it's not, it's not working sulfur. And, you know, and, and those scars even include the scars that are in our brain because someone made fun of us because we were from Antares as a kid. Or uh, or someone made fun of Vibrant Gal because she was an independent person. 
uh, and who just went around willy-nilly breaking her ankle. Uh, or, or in the case of Richard, you know, uh, L. Stump, they sent him to a, 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 a secure camp for a long time just because he thought he was selling the right insulin. You know, he wasn't even Japanese. <laughs> right. They protected me. Yeah, you know, it's... Uh, what we're doing to each other is so humorous that the humor will finally trickle up to the 1%, and they'll all realize how dangerous we are, and they'll go to Jamaica, where voodoo is still practiced on a regular basis. How do we know that? We have study members in Jamaica. Now, I know what topic haven't we covered? I don't think we've covered any of them. <laughs> Well, I mean, that, that, well, hang, 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 hang on, I got, I got, I got, I got to get the bottom of this. I just heard a, you know, a twenty-three or twenty-four-year-old girl laugh. Uh, Adam, is is this woman old enough to be in your company? No, I'm a, I'm a cradle robber. Oh, another one of those. <laughs> okay, well, you know, little, uh, we don't judge. <laughs> and you know, and we and we do have some interesting age spreads in some of the people who are in our study. So, uh, but now the reason I wanted to get—I mean, now that we're just almost at the end of the show—I've uh, got a silver watch that I'm swinging in front of the telephone. Are you aware of the vibrant gal? Are you mesmerizing me? I am. I am. Okay. And so, and 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 as as you as you fall almost into a slumber, but you're still acutely aware, you will realize that Adam's afraid of Oprah and Ellen. That's why he hasn't invaded their compounds. It's not that he doesn't want to go to jail. He's actually afraid of these women. Ah, that's the reason. Well, you know, you need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, I know because of you being vibrant, gal. You're afraid of no one. Uh, well, you need to come over here and lead the charge on the gate. Yeah. Oh, you they, and they'd shoot me. Oh no. Okay. All right. I I like your I like your scenario better than mine. <laughs> you know, and here's the here's the thing. I've always been a fan of Oprah's, not because of her power and all that, because I think she has beautiful eyes. Oh, she but does. But when she gets sort of chubby, her eyes aren't beautiful anymore. And in the color people, purple, they messed up one of her eyes. Hmm. Why? Because she had beautiful eyes, and you can't be this woman with beautiful eyes if you're the color purple. Oh. You know, so... I, I, you know, even though she sold her house in Telluride to someone just, you know, discussed her race in a general store, I think, still think she's a valuable entry in the human race. Well, yeah, and if she'd take organic sulfur, she'd slim down 40 or 50 pounds at least. All she'd have to do is take, take it twice a day and start eating a lot of fresh vegetables. Anyone in the, uh, 40% of our women are overweight. No, really. Right, that means they're not getting enough love. I mentioned to someone today that 
the number of motorized uh, shopping carts in Walmarts in the United States of America outnumbers the number of people in Romania. Yikes. And, and, you know, you don't see 600-pound Romanians. Well, there's not very many people in Romania. Who wants to live there? Jack the Romanian around, you know. Well, I know, but see, who wants to live in Muncie? Where? In Muncie, Indiana. Nah, 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 nah. I mean, I live in Utah. People say, why do you want to live in Utah? Well, I like it. Mm-hmm. You know, one man's ale is another man's tea. Mm-hmm. Something like that. <laughs> you know, but we've all got to be somewhere. I, it's one of, the, one, of the, one of the funniest jokes I've ever heard, and it was one of the first sort of dirty jokes, you know. A guy comes home from work, and he finds his wife sort of semi-exhausted on the bed and not very well clothed. And he hears some heavy breathing from the closet, and he opens the door, and here's a naked man standing there breathing heavily. And he says, what are you doing there? And he says, everybody's got to be somewhere. That's an old beatnik joke. Great. (laughs) You know, it's true. So what about you? You know, it's just it said the, uh, the the beat generation is is today. Really, answer more bathroom. That's what the problem was. Pardon? <laughs> he was trying to find a bathroom. <laughs> I think that's I think that's kind of you to to demonstrate that there was no hanky panky going on. Uh, and but I you know but I've read this I read the rest of the story. Okay, so we don't need to go there. We're, you know we don't judge. We don't judge. You know the thing is, thing is once he said that the guy closed the doors and went back and got in his car and drove down and got an ice cream cone because he was in shock. But but I'll guarantee you he appreciated his woman more. Because he, he now knew said, that there were coyotes. He should have said, pardon me, shut the door if it was polite. <laughs> <laughs> or sent a wire. <laughs> Honey, I'm coming home. <laughs> Richard, you're horrible. Oh, that was the best joke you ever told, Patrick. So this, uh... Uh, yeah. Well, uh, you know, over the years that we've been doing this show, when we have a feminine presence on the show, our ratings go up. So, Vibrant Gal, thank you very, very, very much for allowing us to, you know, to inquire about your doings and take the heat off of Adam because he's he's so encumbered by the yellow fat thing. <laughs> Have you noticed that in the morning there's yellow fat on the road out in front of Oprah's house? All mm-hmm. over the place. We're surrounded by it. Well, and, and it's um, it's one of those things that sulfates out of the body of man. Oh, so all we need to do is take some more sulfur and we'll get rid of yellow fat disease? Well, I think we'll also have to stop consuming those things which allow us to have yellow fat disease. You know, I don't know that Adam mentioned it, but the actor uh, Yo Fat is going to sue. There's a there's another problem 
to show how little effect my books have had on public consciousness since I started, since I've released those two books, the main producer of fish oil in this country, their stock has doubled from nine dollars a share to over twenty dollars a share. Ah, uh, but that's that's before the fall. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward well, to it. Well, the you know, um you 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 enter a classroom. Let's say this is high school or even a college classroom. There's 30 people in the room, and person A tells a short story. When it gets down to person 30, you wonder if you're in the same state. <laughs> I've done that, right? <laughs> and, um, you know, but the the thing that just amazes me regarding those people who are old enough to demonstrate it is reason returns to the land when you let sulfur return to your body. You know, when girls say it makes men less stupid, we leave any reference out to, about girls because we would never say a girl is stupid. And you can always say a man's stupid and he'll let it roll off his shoulders. But, you know, if, if you see increased IQ, I don't even know how to spell that, uh, and I've never had mine tested and I don't want to start now, uh, but when you see people make really valuable decisions in their life, <laughs> and 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 you know and and laugh at my jokes, hey, that's utopia. <laughs> so the, in, in, I mean, closing statements. We've got about six minutes, and they're gonna they're gonna turn us off. So. Um, Back to that guy in the closet. He should have said, (laughs) Okay, go ahead. Wherever I go, there I am. (laughs) And I left my clothes back there. (laughs) You know, I guess another line for that is uh, I'm collecting for the local nudist colony. with too many political writers. Well, um, uh, <laughs> now here, you know, here's an interesting thing I've, I, I've learned about people who've really been together a long time. Uh, Olive and Paul have been married 76 years now. And 11 of those years, Olive was in the home in Prunedale, California. I had no idea who Paul was. And that was after 62 years of marriage. And, um, you know, so he snuck sulfur water into her under the guise of Lord's water. And on the morning of the eighth month, he walks in and, and Olive looks up and says, good morning, Paul. Wow. And they've been in Costa Rica ever since. Wow. And Olive runs on the beach. She's only 94. And Paul sits back and just smiles because he's got his girl back. Wow. What a story. You know, they... The, the song that Corky Threadkell sang earlier, and you want to look him up on YouTube, because he's going to be our next future rock star. We sent Sulphur to Corky today, so you know we'll have him do that song again, and we'll you know we'll have him uh, singing with Taylor Swift and Adele, and Cher, and oh, I like this one. Ben, uh, what's that Bennett guy? What's that guy's name? What Tony Bennett? Oh yeah, he's still older than Corky, but Corky can learn because look. Corky likes to learn. 
Patrick, but this I, I want to bring a little. Uh, I'd like to bring a little poetry into this program. Now, uh, Harry Stiles, uh, obituary. He had on his obituary. He was a great English teacher over here at the university, and he he made up poems day after day, and he was famous for his poetry. Anyway, when he died on his tombstone, he had him put here lies here lies Harry. Snyder, for years I composed, and now I'm decomposing. <laughs> <laughs> he should have become a Buddhist before he died. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and the uh, the thing that's that's interesting to, to you know to me is. Um, Instead of hearing complaints, people reorder. They want more sulfur. They want more sulfur. They're trapped. They have to answer my questions. They want more sulfur. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you know and it and it's 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 just so invigorating to see people really come alive. And it doesn't matter how old they are. When you see a forty-year-old come alive, now there's a deal. You know, we got forty and fifty-year-olds who are almost deader than our dead grandparents. Mm-hmm. And they go to work every day. You know, it's the it's uh, you go to work, you come home, you go to bed, you, you get up, go to work, come out, go to bed. You know, and there's no life. Your your family, there's no family life. There's nothing of that sort. And our our eighty year olds who couldn't go on vacation or do anything when they retired, now are doing what they wanted to do, which they were too sick to do when they retired. How's that for the economy? Mm-hmm. You know, instead of giving your money to uh, the uh, Sloan Kettering, you're buying new tires for your motorhome that only has 250 miles on it because they said you were going to die of cancer back then. Mm-hmm. You know, these, these little quirks, these experts who say, oh, yes, you will die exactly at 11 o'clock on the fence, you know, et cetera, et cetera. No, you know, they don't, they don't know that. And, and the, you know, the person who knows that it doesn't even have a direct line with Nick the Greek. He's going to keep that secret. He wants to be able to surprise you. Mm-hmm. He you know, wants to pull you up by that silver cord and say, Ah, you didn't expect me today, did you? <laughs> hey, if he made a duckbill platypus, you're guaranteed he's going to laugh at you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's just... Uh, oh, yes, please. Maestro, play us out of here. Thank you, Richard L. Stump, Muncie, Indiana, looking for a gig with harmonica. And Vibrant Gal, thank you very much. And anytime you want to come back with, with uh, Adam, you're more than welcome. It gives him credibility. <laughs> and then all the other people who didn't show up tonight, well, we didn't miss you. <laughs> <laughs> we had a pretty good time. <laughs> oh, yeah, I invited him. But you know what? We didn't have a tr- transgender bathroom. Uh-oh. Yeah. So he didn't yeah. So everyone have a, you know, the uh, 
The 10th of June is, is the day after Donald Duck's birthday. Okay. Yeah, mark it on your calendar. Get up. You're breaking up, or is it my signal, or what's going on? Oh, here's the music. Thank you, everyone. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening. We'll see you next week. heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. have denied internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149. 
$149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System.
All right, good evening all. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is Thursday, June 9th, 2016, about seven and a half minutes past uh, 8 p.m. If that's when it is where you're at, we're live. 800-932-1980 is the call-in number. You can also go to the chat room and... uh, you can uh, participate in the show. I'm looking in there right now. Uh, and uh, let's see. What are they talking about in there? Hmm. Crappy videos. Okay, well, anyway, you can participate in there. You can ask questions, make comments. You can also just, you know, socialize with the other folks. Anyway. There you go. And uh, all the information you need about this network is located on our website, the phone number, the email, all that good stuff. Just go check it out, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. Hey, I want to play something for you because I was listening to it, and I just I, you know, I can't help myself here because it's just, you know, now you have Hillary Clinton out there because, you know, Bernie Sanders, the communist, and, and, you know, he calls himself a socialist, but really, there is no such thing. It's a communist. You are a communist. Okay? Uh, would you agree that Joseph Stalin is probably an expert on what a communist is? I mean, really... I mean, it's like Mussolini saying, well, you know, a fascist is more accurately described and called a corporatist. I mean, wouldn't you consider Mussolini an expert on what a fascist is? Well, Joe Stalin, you know, I mean, okay, maybe Mao Zedong, uh, you know, is a a close second. But, you know, Joe Stalin is uh, pretty much got to be considered an expert on what a communist is. And he said that a communist is just a socialist in a hurry. Hmm. There you go. Does that make you feel better? Are you feeling the burn, huh? Uh, It's sad when an avowed communist can actually say things that are far more sensible and far more better for America than what the major candidate is saying from the same party. Don't you think? Well, now, you know, of course, things have shifted a little bit. I mean, Hillary wants them to shift, but, uh, you know, old Sanders ain't going anywhere. He says he's going to keep doing it, but then again, we'll see if he's just another Ron Paul. You know, Ron Paul said the same thing, if you'll remember. Oh, all the way to the end, we're going to fight this out of the blah, 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 blah. Where's Charlie Brown's teacher? Yeah. Oh, well, you know what we figured. Instead, let's just have a party down the block. I'll spend some of this money you gave me. We'll have a good time, and uh, we'll call it a day. And then I'll give the rest of the 20 million bucks to my kid so he can get in the Senate. Yeah. So I, I don't know what Bernie's plan is, but, uh, you know, I don't have a lot of uh, 
faith that he's going to take it all the way to the convention floor, but that would be fun to see. I hope he does. Meanwhile, Hillary Clinton, of course, is attacking Donald Trump now. And, uh, you know, everybody, all the globalists, the Republicans and the Democrats, are all attacking Trump about the wall. The wall, the wall, you know, that's one of the big things. Oh, of course, there's other stuff, too, like banning Muslims till we figure out what's going on. Well, you know, I think he's being a little too, uh, you know, uh, tolerant about that because, uh, I don't know, Donald, are you, you know, the, are you in remedial class or what? Do you have some learning disability? Because uh, uh, it's already been figured out, okay? The Muslims have already been figured out, dude. There's no more figuring out to be done. They are incompatible with this country. All right? Incompatible with our Constitution. They are incompatible with our laws. They are incompatible with our religion. They are incompatible with our culture. They are incompatible with our language. Uh, How much more incompatible do you need to figure things out that banning Muslims from, from residing in this country is a good idea? Hey, you want to come visit, go to Disneyland? That's fine. We'll take your money. But when Disneyland's over, you better be on the plane out of here. That's the way I look at it. Unless, of course, you don't want to have a nation. I mean, hey, that's up to you. You don't want to have a nation? Then let the Muslims in. Because you won't after a while. And the only Muslims coming in here aren't the ones being flown in by the United States Air Force either. They're crawling over the border just like the Mexicans because you know what? Your average American can't your average border patrol can't tell the difference between a Mexican and an Arab. Throw a sombrero on their head and <laughs> you got Julio, man. Muhammad just turned into Julio. Bang. That's it. It's that easy. And, of course, they're all against, oh, that's a ridiculous idea, it's so horrible. That punk piece of garbage who should have been aborted called, uh, what's his name, from uh, Fedbook? What's that punk's name? Uh, Geez, I forget. It'll come to me, though. Yeah, he should be the poster boy for abortion. See why we need abortions? So this doesn't happen. Yeah. And no, I'm not for abortion, but how about a real late-term abortion, like now? How about that? Thing is, now, let's, let's, it's such a bad idea. It's so horrible. It's so terrible. It's so, oh, it's, it's, it's racist. That'd be racist, I tell you. And Hillary Clinton, of course, is leading the pack. But let, yes, that's right, Zuckerberg, that's it. But let's listen to what Hillary had to say. Hmm? Yeah, let's, let's, let's give a little listen to what Hillary has to say here about it. Come the microphone right behind you. Here you go. Thank you. Hi. Hi, Secretary Clinton. I was um, wondering what you think about um, like securing the Mexican border with some of the illegal immigrants that come in. Just wondering. Well, look, I voted. Uh, uh, numerous times when I was a senator to spend money to build 
a, uh, a barrier to try to prevent um, illegal immigrants from coming in. Um, and I do think you have to control your borders. What? Now, how could that be? How could that be? I'm shocked. I'm appalled. Oh, my gosh. How can this be? What do you mean? Yeah. Well, the thing is, Hillary Clinton will say anything, man. She will say anything. That's <laughs> a funny thing is there's a, <laughs> there's a video right after it there. It's like, uh, oh, Hillary Clinton lies for 13 minutes straight. Only 13 minutes? You know, uh, really? I, I bet you could put together a video where Hillary Clinton lies for about, you know, I don't know, 80 hours or so. H- how many hours are there in a, in 40 years? Huh? I don't know. Anyway, so there's that. You know, so uh, these people are disingenuous. All right? And really, I, I think that was the initial... And it still is a uh, an attractive part of Donald Trump's campaign is his willingness to just say whatever's on his mind and let the chips fall where they may. Uh, I think people like that. But over time, you know, you got to do more than just that. And he has actually put out his policy on this and that and the other thing and you know, people, of course, don't want to know about it. They just pick out the parts they don't like and start hammering on it. But, you know, one of the things is just to get up and say what is on your mind. Let the chips fall where they may. Look, this is what I think. Here it is. Boom. I think people are appreciating that, and they appreciate it more now than, be, you know, say 20 years ago, because they're not used to it. It's like an endangered species or something. You know, you go to the zoo to watch the, uh, like that song, you know, there behind the glass is a real blade of grass. You know, I mean, it's like, wow, a real blade of grass. You know, it's like kids who live in the city who go to, like, a farm. Hey, they thought all that stuff they were eating just, uh, you know, came from the uh, plastic wrapping company in the back of the store or something. They didn't, you know, they had no idea what. That's a chicken? That, what? That's where eggs come from? I thought eggs came from the supermarket. See, when you're not uh, exposed to things, you you know, it takes you by surprise, and you go, wow, I like that. Yeah, wow, ooh, somebody who's not politically correct, I like that. Well, I like that, but if you're in... Generation Snowflake, you don't like that, okay? Meet Generation Snowflake, the hysterical young women who can't cope with being offended. British think tank boss says mollycoddled kids are breaking down in tears when asked to deal with controversial ideas. A top British thinker has claimed young women are in the grip of a hysteria which has made them unable to cope with being offended. Claire Fox, head of Think Tank, a think tank called the Institute of Ideas, has penned a coruscating 
critique of Generation Snowflake, the name given to a growing group of youngsters who believe it is their right to be protected from anything they might find unpalatable. I think so, too. I mean, we got a ton of prisons with little cells that they could all go into where, you know, they could be pretty much assured they won't be offended, you know. That little six-by-eight place, you just sit in there and, you know, be happy. You will not be offended, except when mealtime comes along, because that's pretty offensive stuff they they serve, but you get over it. So she said, British and American universities are dominated by cabals of young women who are dead set on banning anything they find remotely offensive. It makes me sad that these teens and 20-somethings have become so fearful that they believe a dissenting opinion can pose such a serious threat, Fox wrote in an article for Mail Online. This hypersensitivity has prompted the University of East Anglia to outlaw sombreros in a Mexican restaurant and caused the National Union of Students to ban clapping as it might trigger trauma. Asking youngsters to use jazz hands, which I don't even know what that means, but are you kidding me? Clapping? You know, when somebody does something good, the crowd claps. Oh, no, that could trigger trauma now. Oh, my gosh. Books containing troublesome material are now slapped with trigger warnings, whilst universities and student unions are declared safe spaces where young people should not have to encounter anything they disagree with. Fox described astonishing scenes at an event set up to discuss whether the public outcry against footballer Chad Evans was social justice or mob rule. Seems like a normal intellectual debate to have, say, at a, you know, an event. The academic said her mostly female audience broke down in tears after she dared suggest. As eminent feminists have before me, she says, that rape wasn't necessarily the worst thing a woman could experience. Well, of course not. I mean, if you live through it, it's not the worst thing you can experience. I mean, hey, okay, fine. Uh, how about I chop off all your arms and legs and rip out your tongue and poke out your eyes and put pencils in your eardrums? How about I do that? That seems worse, doesn't it? Yeah, so worse things can happen to anybody. You know, usually, no matter what it is happening to you, things could be worse. No, that's not 100%. But usually, whatever it is that's happening to you, things really, they really could get worse. <laughs> they could. They, it could be worse. Fox added, 
I expected robust discussion. Not for them all to dissolve into outraged gasps of, you can't say that. Their reaction shocked me. I take no pleasure in making teenagers cry, but it also brought me the brought home the contrast to previous generations of young people who would have relished the chance to argue back. It illustrates this generation's almost belligerent sense of entitlement. They assume their emotional suffering takes precedent. Express a view they disagree with, and you must immediately recant and apologize. Generation Snowflake has also created a social minefield for young boys and men who risk being labeled sex pests for twanging a girl's bra at school, Fox continued. She said women are opting to stay at home and socialize on the Internet due to overblown fears about predatory men. There is a strand of self-absorption and fragility running through this generation, all too ready to cry victim at the first hint of a situation they don't like. We need a younger generation that's prepared to grow a backbone, go out into the world, take risks, and make difficult decisions. Otherwise, the future doesn't bode well for any of us. Well... You know, I just, uh, I, I, I don't find anything to disagree with on there, so I guess I, I can't be offended and burst into tears. Darn! Maybe somebody could say something in the chat room to make me burst into tears. Oh, here's something. Maybe this will do it. Forty years of Hillary Clinton. Okay, that's 350,400 hours of lying. I don't think I don't think YouTube. I mean, I know they've uh, you know they've upped their uh, their numbers you know of how long a video can be, but I don't think they've hit the three hundred fifty thousand hour mark yet. So I guess we'll never see that video of all the lies uh, throughout Hillary Clinton's career on YouTube. But hey, what the heck? I guess thirteen minutes ain't ain't bad. You see, you have them, right? Apparently in Britain, you know, the girls want to burst into tears. Not here. No, no. But they're still all offended and butthurt, and they, you know, they want to scream and yell and go protest out on the streets to start a riot. How can the lunatic left go, uh, go to allow, accept, and advance free, anti-free speech? Yes, how can they? I thought they were all for free speech. If the gang of punks at a Trump San Diego rally in California is any indication, the bottom has a long way to go. Decorum is essential when intelligent protest is the objective. However, when the intent is to disrupt or assault and silence supporters of an anti-establishment GOP nominee, a simple question needs to be asked. Who are these organized goons working for? Once upon a time, the UC Berkeley's free speech movement demanded their right to free speech and academic freedom. Yes, but those days are gone. And, you know, you do have to wonder here. Now, wait a minute. Who are these people working for? You know they're not out there uh, just doing this for free. 
Okay? And with a poor economy and a billionaire scumbag who should be dead, George Soros. And I pick on him more than some of the other billionaire scumbags because this guy ain't even American. He is a foreigner trying to influence and destroy America. He should be deported. All his assets should be seized. I mean, the federal government doesn't have any problems seizing anybody else's assets. I mean, they seize leaders of nations' assets. They seize whole nations' assets. Go ask Iran. Go ask Iraq. Go ask Afghanistan. Go ask Syria. Go ask... Oh, jeez, the list goes on and on. These are sovereign nations. You're telling me, oh, they can do that to them, but they can't do anything to George Soros? Or is it they don't want to do anything to George Soros? Because he's basically their stalking horse. He's the one. He's the straw man, right? Guess the hoodlums never took a class on free speech. Their entire purpose is to stamp out any advocacy that does not conform to their twisted and perverse vision for a sanctuary city-state of demented outsiders who want to destroy any semblance of free markets and capitalist economy economics. For those with direct experience of students of the 60s, the street demonstrations and the protests were fundamentally over policy. The Vietnam War in particular, when youth burned their draft cards or the American flag, the motivation was to stop a foreign policy that was designed to fail and, of course, I'll add, to kill them. See, the kids in the 60s had a vested interest Okay, it wasn't just, I'm offended by this uh, war in Vietnam. Oh, I think it's wrong to be killing Asians in Asia for no good reason, okay? No, you know, let's, let's not romanticize the self-serving vested interest in protesting the Vietnam War for a, a 20-year-old about to graduate college. Because guess where your next vacation was going to be? That's right. Saigon, buddy, you're getting drafted. You're going to get shot at in Vietnam. Oh, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm protesting that. I don't like that idea. I'm against that policy. Well, of course you are. You have such a civic duty inside you, don't you? Yeah, give me a break, man. For those with direct, uh, okay. When youth burned their draft cards, they had a motivation, right? That was designed to fail. Contrast this fact with the deplorable enthusiasm to replace Old Glory with a Mexican banner. See that, you know, hey, and I'll tell you something else, folks. These Mexicans up here, tearing down the American flag and burning it, putting up their crappy little Mexican flag from their third world cesspool country. If they did this in Mexico tore down the Mexican flag and put up somebody else's foreign flag, they would be thrown into a Mexican prison. Okay? It should be self-evident that the riot that engulfed the streets of San Jose had no intention of engaging in in constructive debate. This organized mob of anarchy has all the elements of a traveling show of budding terrorists. Only a fool would defend their tactics and methods. Yet, the idiot mayor of San Jose, Sam Licardo, blames Trump 
for thug anti-Trump rioters. Quote, Yesterday in San Jose, swarms of anti-Trump rioters violently attacked peaceful Trump supporters, waved Mexican flags, burned Trump hats, flags, and showed off Mexican gang signs. This, according to the idiot mayor of San Jose, Sam Licardo, is somehow Donald Trump's fault. At some point, Donald Trump needs to take responsibility for the irresponsible behavior of his campaign. Mayor Idiot said, praising the city's police while adding that we're all still holding our breath to see the outcome of this dangerous and explosive situation. Well, Sam, the outcome of the dangerous and explosive situation is the nature of the thug rioters have been captured in photos and videos. The rest of America will now choose whether they want to be a part of the violent anti-American left or the Make America Great Again Trump movement to put America first. In order to appreciate the total morality, mor- morally bankrupt condition that has plunged the Democrat establishment into, compare real leadership with the bedlam promotion from Licardo. The principled senator from Minnesota, Eugene Joseph McCarthy, a man occurred, spoke on the disgrace from the 1968 Democratic Convention. The fiasco that was Chicago in 1968 gave the country a true look at the raw underbelly of power politics. The Democratic Convention was Mayor Daley's gift to the war party. Gene McCarthy speaks of Mr. Gestapo in the 1996 interview. Oh, he was no surprise to us, you know. Worse than the violence in the streets, the Daley stuff was what the party on the inside did to the principles and actually the rules and the precedents of a party procedure. Taking delegates they didn't have a right to and denying delegates that we had a right to. Trying to kind of control the score so it looked good. Hey, does any of this seem familiar? Can you say super delegate? Yeah, can you say that? Uh, let's, let's read this again. Trying to control the score so it would look good? Hmm, that does sound kind of, kind of, I don't know, like what's going on now? In my mind, that had a much more serious impact on the party, on the Democratic Party and politics, than the stuff that went out on the street, which was understandable. The inside stuff wasn't. Well... If Mayor Licardo, a Hillary supporter, can boost that the violent muggers are victims of Trump's outrageous words, it is a very short step to offer police protection for the La Raza outlaws and boosters who want to make California into a third-world Venezuelan ghetto. Bernie Sanders admirers have much more in common with Trump followers on this uh, discrimination tactic than most are willing to admit. Many more electorate activists should adopt the example of political observer and Pastor Mark Danigoff, who sent a letter of condemnation to, uh, to the prototype of Democratic officials in this era, a vote uh, of overt public absurdity administration, a portion of the I'm not going to read that. Anyway, oh my, look at the time. All right, time to take a break. I guess I better, uh, you know, I guess I better find something to play here. Mm. Okay, well, 
Let's try this. I don't even know what this is, but we'll play it. vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
because their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149. $49.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System.
All right, we're back. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It's Thursday, June 9th. 2016, about 8.46 out here on the Pacific Time Coast, if that's when it is where you're at. We're live. You can call in 800-932-1980. And uh, you can also participate in the show by going to the chat room. It's at our website, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. You know, somebody was asking me in the chat room earlier today, a new listener actually, that, well, do you have any, you know, like, bumper stickers or T-shirts or anything. Well, we had bumper stickers, but we gave them all away. And uh, I'm I'm out of those right now. I might get some more of those. I may redesign them. I don't know. It was pretty simple, just the website. Uh, And T-shirts, I'll tell you what, though. uh, I can do T-shirts, but, you know, (laughs) they're going to be like 25 bucks, man, to you. That that seems a bit much to me for a, for a T-shirt, uh, but I can't do it any cheaper because I can't afford to do the numbers necessary to you know to make them available cheaper. Like if I got a thousand, yeah, okay, you know, then I could probably do them for like ten bucks. But uh, I can't get a thousand of them, and boy, they really you know they they really cut you a deal when you get a lot more of these. You know, some things are are more that way than others. Apparently, T-shirts are. Uh, but I am going to look around locally, see if I can get uh, any kind of better deal. And if not, you know, maybe I'll put a picture of what I what I what I can do and what it'll cost, and you can just uh, like pre-order. You know, I'll have them made for you. You know, maybe that's an option if you really want them, because you know, it's just. What we can do and what we want to do aren't always the same things. So I'd love to have a bunch of T-shirts uh, out there, but it just is, uh, you know, it's uh, it's quite an expenditure because they're they're kind of proud of what they do. Uh, maybe I hey, you know what else, else I could do? Maybe I could look around at some uh, yard sales or thrift stores or whatever for you know uh, like commercial type of uh, machine to do t-shirts hmm maybe that's an option too anyhow uh, let's see what what okay yeah I'll do this because I'll let you know what it is the first uh, song there uh, somebody guessed in <laughs> in the chat room some 60 psychedelic band and man that's right on it okay but the name of that 60s psychedelic band was Sacred Mushrooms, which I played one of their songs the other night. And then the last song there, the second song there, was uh, Boogie Music by Thunder Mother. And I have played that song before. So there you have it. There it is. Let's uh, get back to some things and stuff. Now, the California hoodlum thing and this idiot mayor they have. I You know, I, I don't get these guys, man. I mean, really. Okay, Licardo. Gee, I wonder why. Oh, boy. Um, hmm, let's guess. Yeah, I don't want to be racist, but how come every Mexican public official is all about, oh, we need to be uh, kind and nice and, and realize that the protesters are actually, the rioters are actually the victims here. It's that mean, nasty Donald Trump 
that said things to them that they didn't like. Oh, it's the snowflake generation, except here in America, instead of breaking down into tears, they go out on the street and riot. And the only reason they do that is because they're paid to do so. So here's a a letter to the mayor of San Jose, the idiot Sam Licardo. I wanted to congratulate you and your police department in San Jose for being a national disgrace in allowing massive, full-fledged criminal mayhem to be visited upon Americans attending a Donald Trump rally in your city. Hillary Clinton, Clinton, Queen Jezebel, her husband, King Ahaz, George Soros, Haim Sabane, Jeffrey Epstein, Wall Street, the central bankers, and globalist free traders are the War Party's defense contractors, not to mention William Crystal of the Weekly Standard. All salute you today. And don't worry, if Queen Jezebel is elected, Americans won't notice her family bank account courtesy of foreign interests. Her ongoing support for a domestic police state, the deliberate exportation of American jobs and manufacturing abroad, or the subversive and mass murder she's helped accomplish in Libya, Syria, Iraq, Palestine, Ukraine, the Donbass, and even what is coming after 2016 in future needless tragedies with Iran, Russia, or China. America has long abandoned being a country of laws. The political elite beholden to the established order use the obscene open border dictates of a totally corrupt federal system. Look towards the left coast to forecast the future of more demented reign of terror outrages. California dreaming or a nightmare draws a clear lesson. And when the culture rejects the constraints that reality always imposes on the end... You get a disconnect that will transform the dream into a nightmare with the hallucination and withdrawal that each addict experiences. Yep. This goes on, but I think you get the point, right? Here's something. U.S. Assistant Secretary Dirtbag of State For European and Eurasian Affairs, Victoria Nuland acknowledged that Washington puts pressure on European countries to make them extend sanctions against Russia in July. And what exactly has Russia done? Oh, nothing? Uh, Oh, wait. Hey, let's go back to World War II, shall we? Remember the other day I was talking about how You know, this attack on Pearl Harbor was nothing even close to a sneak attack. It wasn't a sneak attack. It was an orchestrated attack. That's like sitting there, you know, poking a sleeping tiger with a stick over and over and over again, like in its eyes, and and saying, oh, my gosh, the tiger sneak attacked me. Oh, really? We are cautiously optimistic that the EU countries will again roll over sanctions at the end of June, Newlands told the Senate Foreign Relations Committee during a hearing regarding Russia, because they see what we see, namely that Minsk agreement is far from being implemented in any of its components. The United States also intends to extend 
sanctions against Iran. Russia will also extend its counter-sanctions against Europe that cause EU billions of euros of losses. In August 2000, you know what, if I was Russia, I, and this is what's going to happen, folks, because meanwhile, back at the Kremlin, well, this little girl here is, uh, you know, spewing her BS. Putin's made a deal with China to build a pipeline to ship oil to China. China needs oil. Remember the other day I told you that the United States was doing a little war game? So it's really nothing to worry about. And those darn nasty, pesky Chinese, boy, they're just rotten. They're just evil. They're just aggressive because we're just playing a game out here. And the game is, let's see if we can choke off all trade to China through military power. Oh, isn't this a fun game? Yeah. Oh, those dirty Chinese, boy, they're all upset about that. How dare they? We're just playing a game over here. It's called Choke the Economy of China through military power. Ooh, isn't that fun? Well, Russia and uh, China, oh, and this wasn't on CNN either, uh, have come to an agreement to build a pipeline from Russia to China to feed them oil for money. If I was Russia, I would tell Europe to stick it in their, well, I can't say it on the air, but somewhere dark and stinky. No more oil for you. Yeah, I'd be the oil Nazi. No oil for you. No natural gas for you. No. Hey, get it from the United States. Get it from your big pals over there. Uh Uh-huh. That's what I'd do if I was Russia. I think they've been very tolerant about this whole thing. But in August 2014, Russia imposed a ban on imports of certain food products from the countries that have imposed sanctions against the Russian Federation. This is this had nothing to do with the sanctions. This had to do with the health of the Russian people. The Russian food embargo affected the United States, Canada, Australia, Norway, and EU countries. The list of banned products includes beef, which is full of hormones and antibiotics, and they're also fed genetically modified food, pork, poultry, all that. Seafood from our polluted, nasty Fukushima, Gulf of Mexico, polluted oceans, vegetables, GMO, fruits, GMO, cheeses, and dairy products full of hormones and antibiotics, and all-fed GMOs. The Russian embargo is valid until June, uh, August 5th, 2016, but it will be extended if the European Union extended its sanctions against Russia. Huh. Well, imagine that. Okay, here's something over here. With her campaign sinking in the polls, Hillary Clinton has launched a desperate attack, pay attention because this is big news, against Trump University. You've heard of that. And the Mexican, uh, you know, La Raza judge and the La Raza lawyers who uh, did a prison term for fraud (laughs) for exactly what he's doing right now. Oh. Anyway, to deflect attention away from her deep involvement with a controversial for-profit college that made the Clintons millions. 
even as the school faced serious legal scrutiny and criminal investigations. In April 2015, Bill Clinton was forced to abruptly resign from his lucrative perch as honorary chancellor of Laureate Education, a for-profit college company. The reason for Clinton's immediate departure, Clinton Cash revealed and Bloomberg confirmed, that Laureate funneled Bill Clinton $16.46 million over five years, while Hillary Clinton's State Department pumped at least $55 million to a group run by Laureate's founder and chairman, Douglas Becker, a man with strong ties to the Clinton Global Initiative. Laureate has donated between $1 and $5 million uh, because donations are reported in ranges, not exact amounts, to the Clinton Foundation. Progressive billionaire, meaning communist billionaire, George Soros, is also a laureate financial backer. Oh, my! As the Washington Post reports, and folks, you don't get much more liberal than the Washington Post, laureate has stirred controversy about Latin America, where it derives two-thirds of its revenue. During Bill Clinton's tenure as laureate chancellor, the school spent over $200 million a year on aggressive telemarketing, flashy internet banner ads, and billboards designed to lure often unprepared students from impoverished countries to enroll in its for-profit classes. The goal? Get as many students, regardless of skill level, signed up and paying tuition. I met people all the time who transfer here when they flunk out elsewhere. Argonami student Otero Bazano, 25, told the Post, this has become the place you go when no one else will accept you. Well, isn't that special? No child left behind, no matter how stupid the child might be. Isn't that great? Well, anyways, we're out of time. So there you have it, folks. You thought it was just Trump, eh? Well, guess not. Anyway, tomorrow's Friday. I'll be back at noon. We got good stuff coming up next, especially coming up directly next. This is Thursday evening, and this is the replay of Saturday's Govern America. So if you missed it on Saturday morning on ABRN2 or the satellite, you can listen to it now. As always, thanks for listening. I heard it through the grapevine, my new neighbor don't like my big red barn. A 47 Ford bullet holes in the door broke down motor in the front yard. <laughs> I gotta have a mind to paint a plywood sign and nail it up on a knotty pine tree. Saying I was here first, this is my piece of dirt and your rambling don't rattle me. Some people care about what other people think. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. of our republic, waging war on the new world order. This is Govern America. Govern America.
We're just south of the Great Lakes capital city, covering all of North America via satellite, AM and FM stations all across the country, and live and archived on the World Wide Web. This is Govern America. I'm Darren Weeks, your host here for the next three hours. Nice to have you with us as we once again document the crisis of our republic, the undermining of our national, state, and individual autonomy. Today is the 4th of June, 2016, and it's good to have you with us once again, ladies and gentlemen. Well, there's a lot to talk about. Uh, There's a lot of drills taking place everywhere. Uh, Alan Greenspan is out with a statement on the economy. Uh, Now it seems like there's new unemployment numbers that are out again. Uh, and the economy only added another 38,000 jobs, certainly not enough to keep up with the massive skyrocketing number of people who are on disability. Uh, disability uh, unemployment disability has uh, grown substantially here in the uh, recent days, and so all of this we're going to get to uh, as the uh, show progresses. I believe we have a guest, though, uh, joining us uh, on the line right now, and this is something that uh, was just kind of thrown together within the last couple of days that it came out of the blue, but we're certainly happy to have him. Uh, I believe we have Mike Norris here. Mike, are you there? Yes, I am. Hey, it's good Thank to talk you to you. Me. Now, let me uh, introduce you properly. Uh, Mike Norris is an actor and director who has uh, starred in over two dozen films. Uh, he's also the son of actor and martial arts champion Chuck Norris. Uh, Mike grew up uh, on the set of his father's TV show, Walker, Texas Ranger, where he made his directing debut and his decision to follow in his father's footsteps. He is a Christian man and an American patriot who is uh, attempting to use his talents to educate and inform our countrymen and women on the importance of the Constitution. He currently lives in Dallas with his wife, Valerie, and three children, and he's joining us today on Govern America. Mike, I really appreciate you doing this. I know you're very busy. Uh, I guess uh, your publicist was telling me uh, the other day that uh, you had a rally that you're getting ready to go to. You know what? I got a lot of rallies getting ready to go to. You know, we're out really trying to spread the word about America and uh, kind of uh, within the context of this movie, we really wanted to lay out... uh, you know, uh, through a patriot view, what's happening uh, in our country uh, right now in this world. You know, I'm curious, uh, just to start out in the way of background, it must have been quite a remarkable time uh, growing up in a celebrity home in Los Angeles, you know, dealing with all the pressures of, with notoriety and fame. Uh, how were you able to cope and still turn out as well as you did? Well, you know, it, I think there was a little... Uh, misconception there, because as a child, my father was a karate instructor. So up through my early teens, it was just a very normal uh, household. You know, yeah, my father was the world karate champion. That was really cool. But movies weren't even in the picture for him at that time. Um, And it wasn't until he lost all his karate schools and kind of a bad business deal that he was teaching teaching Steve McQueen karate, and he says, you know, why don't you just become an actor? This was in the late 70s, so I was, uh, you know, just starting high school about that time, and so I got to kind of witness firsthand the transformation of, you know, my dad, the karate teacher, to uh, my dad, the actor. Um, But it was all, um, you know, a very natural, beautiful progression that um, didn't, Paint me at all, I have to say. You know, um, I, I really respect what my father's accomplished, and uh, 
he's built up a name and a legacy, and I, I think it's a very important one and one that I want to um, continue on. Yeah, and, I, I, uh, I've been I, fortunate enough to go ahead. Well, I was just going to say I, I've developed a tremendous amount of respect for what you're doing here. Uh, the the movie trailer Amerigeddon, uh was just very very important, very uh, astounding what you were able to put together there, and and I admire you for having the courage to stick your neck out and stand up for our country. You know, too many people put profits and career, which I understand everybody's got to be able to make a living, but so many people put the career in their own personal self interest ahead of our country, and you are one of the people, one of the rare people that have actually stood up and said, you know what, uh, personal safety aside, uh, personal uh, gain aside, I'm going to try to do what's right here, and I'm going to stand on principle. And, and Mike, I appreciate that. I, I really mean that. I, I, I appreciate that, and, and it's a very conscious decision. It, it would have been uh, very easy to... Uh, work through the Hollywood system, uh, make a great living, uh, doing what I really enjoy doing. But, you know, if I can't do something that is uh, impactful to me, uh, could be impactful to other people, um, you know, it's really not worth my time now. Um, I've I've been very blessed throughout my career, and um, it's really time that I use my my uh, abilities and my resources to uh, get out there and and try to wake people up to what's really happening. I, I, our our country's just so apathetic right now um, about what's happening. And and if they don't at least do a little research, prepare a little bit, there's a rude awakening coming. And um, I, and it's it's just my hopes that you know people could take a little bit from this movie America. And, and do a little research on their own because that'll open up doors all over the place to uh, what, what's really happening behind the scenes in Washington. Absolutely. Now, how, how how long have you been awake to the problems that are facing our country? You know, that's a good question because, you know, up until a few years ago, I, I understood a lot, um, you know, through my father and, you know, him being a patriot. I understood it, but, you know, then there becomes a next level where you act upon uh, on what you see and what you feel. And, and it was really during the process of filming Amerigeddon. You know, I was doing a lot of faith-based movies, which I was really something I wanted to do. Uh, but it wasn't until Amerigeddon, um, you know, and I'm reading the script and, you know, trying to digest the information and try to bring what's on a page to the screen that I really started becoming aware of uh, just how bad know, it really, really is. The, uh, just really how bad it really is and how mm-hmm. our government is a bought, in, bought for government that works for the moneyed interest of the globalists and that, to me, is as frightening as anything could be. Um, and, and I just, in our own little way, wanted to expose that as much as we could. Um, you know, you know we, we couldn't get into everything, but we, we did what we could. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really ironic because 
the the movie was put out for the purpose of waking up people. I guess it was Gary Haven, one of your associates, that wrote the thing. Is that correct? Yes, yeah. My partner, Gary Haven, who has been awake for a long time and is fully prepared and very well researched. I, I'm, you know, I would have to say, in truth, I'm, I'm really committed, but I'm a novice that's committed to the cause. And so every day I, I try to, you know, do a little bit more research, try to, and, and get my own opinions on it, and not only listen to what everybody else has to say. That's very important. And I think it's thankful to, uh, you know, alternative media now. It's not going to hear this on Fox. You're not going to hear this on CNN. And the only place to really get valuable information is, you know, on shows like yours and, you know, and people that are speaking the truth. Yeah. Well, what I was going to say a moment ago, too, is is it's kind of ironic that this movie was written and performed, put together to wake up the general population, and it was really a big awakening to you. You know, so that really speaks well to the movie and the script because uh, it, it kind of opens your eyes as to, uh, I guess that's not really that uncommon for for actors to learn things from the roles they have to play, though, is it? Yeah, that's true. But, you know, the actors, you know, I only played a small part in this film as far as acting. You know, I was the director of the film. And I needed to make sure I, we portrayed it as accurate as possible with the most accurate information uh, that we have. And it was, and the central theme of our film is about an EMP strike that goes off over America and knocks out the power grid and the consequences of that happening. But the simple fact of the matter is in 2008, Congress stated the greatest threat to our country is an EMP attack. Because if our power grid goes down, I believe that the powers that be, it, it may not be a nuclear device, it could be cyber, it could be a solar flare. I, I, there's a, a number of different ways for this to happen. But just in the context of our film, it was a nefarious globalist group that wanted to create chaos. And this, you know, and that's the thing. It, it, Henry Kissinger said it. In order for a new world order, we need to have chaos in America. Yeah. I mean, these are things you could look at on YouTube. And George W. Bush says the same thing. And, mm-hmm. and those are the things we wanted to expose. It's a, it was a scary proposition to do it. But if you're going to do it, you've got to go all in and, and believe in what you're doing. And, and that's what it's got me to work. I fully believe, because before this, although I understood I was working, I'm raising kids, I've got a family, and so I just didn't give it the time that that it needed, that I needed to give it to understand fully what was going on. Sure, you were busy, uh, most Americans are busy, and that's the problem. They keep us chasing our tail, trying to keep our head above the uh, the debt waters, the flood waters of debt, which most Americans have. Uh, and, you know, we always have to keep going. You know, the thing about the uh, EMP attack, which is really interesting, I think, I really believe, Mike, that this is one of the things that they're planning. Now, I don't know, it could be other things. We know that the monetary system's been hanging by a thread, well, probably most of our lives, uh, but certainly it's, has, it's become much, much worse in recent years. 
Uh, we, we see that they're planning for something. Uh, the federal agencies have armed themselves to a hilt, to hilt uh, buying hollow point bullets and other things while they're trying to take away our firearms. And so it's obvious they're planning something. They've, they've gotten uh, all this police equipment, uh, military equipment, into the hands of the police. Uh, so we can see these machinations going on right before our eyes if we're willing to pay attention to it. And the EMP attack is especially frightening because it wouldn't take very long for the general population to devolve into absolute chaos, would it? No, I, I mean, in a matter of days, uh, we will be in complete chaos. And studies show, and this could be debated, but studies show that after, uh, 12 months after an EMP, 90% of the American population would die. Mm. I mean, that's how reliant we are on the power grid. Um, and also, besides that, I, I also believe that the ultimate goal is to come in uh, bring in the United Nations and disarm the population. That's uh, another central theme of our film, is that they want to disarm the population. They don't want patriots standing up to the government, which, you know, I mean, if anybody with half a brain could decipher what's on TV and what's on the news, they, they, they could see that's where we're headed. But for some reason, other people are willing to just let it happen. And I refuse to be one of those people. I, I refuse. Yeah, well, and, and I really respect that. Um, you're probably aware, and I don't know if you were or not, but I, I think you probably are, that Janet Napolitano, uh, the former Homeland Security Secretary before she left office, uh, she issued a warning about cybersecurity and the possibility of an, of a, of an attack on our nation's power grid Uh were were you aware that she's doing that? That she did that? I I, I not fully, but I I kind of caught pieces of that. Then but then I recently everything said about it. Yeah, in more recent days, we had Ted Koppel, uh, the former host of Nightline. He came oh, yeah. out, and and he's got a new book out on the yep. subject. So so these are not far fetched ideas by any stretch of the imagination, and and these are people that are very well clued in. Uh, I would say maybe even decision-level uh, privy to, to those who are actually the decision-makers. I mean, certainly they're not mover shake, movers and shakers in the sense that I think they're really driving things, but I think they are very tuned in to the movers and shakers. I mean, I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Ted Koppel, for instance, is probably a member of the Council on Foreign Relations. Uh, so, and maybe perhaps the Trilateral Commission as well. So... These are people that are globalists, have been globalists, have been there for many years, have been tuned in, and they're making statements to the effect that this is something that could happen. This is something that is very likely even. And uh, so I, I just think it's, it's, it's not a matter of if, but it's a matter of when. And the question is, how do we prepare for this? We, we do need to wake people yeah, up. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah, and being prepared is, the, I think, the single most important thing people could do, is be prepared. It is, does not take a large investment to uh, just have the basics of preparedness uh, for something uh, as catastrophic as this. It's going to be ugly. 
plain and simple, it's going to be ugly and it's going to be horrible. It, but there are decisions you can make now to alleviate a lot of the suffering that's going to happen. Um, but suffering is going to happen. And that, that's just a, a simple fact of the matter. There is going to be suffering. Um, but people must, must prepare to what extent they can. Yeah. Well, we're visiting with Mike Norris. Uh, his movie is Amerigeddon. Uh The website for the movie, by the way, is AmerigeddonTheMovie.com. That's AmerigeddonTheMovie.com. And you can watch the trailer there, see the theaters where the where the movie is playing. Uh, there's different endorsements on there, different photos and videos and things, uh, in, including a blog. And so there's a whole website there devoted to the movie, AmerigeddonTheMovie.com. And uh, Mike Norris, uh, the r- director of the movie, is joining us today. He's also got a role in it. Uh, where, where did the inspiration uh, – we already talked about Gary Haven – uh, and 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 uh, by the way, I love your tagline. They've stolen our country. It's time to take it back. You know, it, it's so refreshing, Mike. Uh, yeah. Seeing seeing someone in it who emerged out of the you know Hollywood, and even though you don't really live in Hollywood, somebody actually finally standing up for the truth. This is what we've been saying in the truth movement that needs to happen for many many years, um, because we've got to get the message out. Yeah. Absolutely, and we've been met with resistance all along the way with this film, uh, as far as Hollywood goes. You know, nobody wanted to uh, touch this movie in Hollywood. Uh, They go, oh, we get it. Um, But it wasn't until, you know, we go, well, let's just see what we could do on our own. And we put the trailer out of nine months ago. We went from 1,000 views to 10,000 views. Now we're up to in the millions of views on the trailer, Wonderful. 20 million social engagements on the Internet. And so all of a sudden, then Hollywood takes notice. And we opened the theater. We opened the movie in 30 theaters, uh, just kind of spotted it around the country. And in 27 of those 30 theaters, we were the number two movie in 27. So there are people that are interested and want to be informed. So we're kind of taking that model now, and we're just going to barnstorm the country for the next two or about three months until the movie comes out on DVD October 4th. And we're just going to get it out. We've got our 30 prints. We're going to start making our way across the country, showing the film in cities. And, um, you know, I just encourage people to go to AmeriGetTheMovie.com. It'll be posted on a daily basis where this movie's going to be. And, and we're very aware that this is a commitment uh, for people that, you know, a commitment to get up, pack up the car, go to the theater, and watch a movie. And, and I just can't say thank you enough to the people that have supported it and that are going to support the film when it comes to their area because um, we, we understand the commitment and we appreciate it. Yeah, you know, the, you were talking earlier about the uh, the issue of the EMP attack and how the movie kind of centers around that. I look around, Mike, at these uh, kids on, on college campuses. You know, uh, I spend quite a lot of time as part of my, my other career outside of the uh, talk show stuff. I also am a professional television broadcaster. Uh, spent many times in many years, you know, in oh, probably just about 20 years in the commercial world. And in fact, Walker, Texas Ranger was one of the things that we ran 
on our uh, local TV station. But uh, I, 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 now I work uh, professionally with a university, and I see these kids walking around with their smartphones, uh, their, their eyes glued to the screen, walking into traffic. I mean, it's like they're so plugged into the matrix. They can't unplug. And I think if something ever happens like an EMP attack, these people are going to go nuts because this is like an appendage to their bodies, <laughs> and, and they just they can't live without it. Yeah. There's going to be a... Yeah, I to- yeah go ahead. I totally agree. Yeah, so... Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, if they had to fend for themselves, if they had to start struggling to survive in, a, in, in an area, in an era where they're having to try to scrap for food and try to, uh, uh, you know, just get the basic necessities of life, I don't think they're going to do very well. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of problems that we've had w- w- since society has become so comfortable. Uh, we've lost a lot of the skills that our, our, you know, generations not too long ago, you know, our, our parents even, but our grandparents had just skills like hunting, uh, uh, food gathering, and things like that, uh, you know, and just basic home remedies. You know, you've got half the population on pharmaceutical drugs now. What are these people going to do when they can't get their, their prescriptions? It, it's terrifying. But uh, No, I, I, I agree with you. And I hate to say this, but I'm driving the kids up to an area and lose you, so... If oh. I lose you, I apologize. Okay, yeah, you're cutting out a little bit, but that's okay. Well, you know, yeah, I don't yeah. know if you've ever heard of Agenda 21, uh, which they've renamed Agenda 2030. It is the United Nations Plan for Sustainable Development. A part of that plan is is the depopulation agenda. How do you think that this whole thing would play into that? Did I lose you? Okay, I guess I must have lost him. He's still on the line. Hello, Mike, are you there? Okay. I don't know. I, I can't hear him anymore. Yep, I lost him. <laughs> All right, folks, but uh, the movie, and I don't know if he'll be able to call back or not. Um, I I appreciate him joining joining me because we uh, he's on his way to a rally, as we said, and he is... Uh, you know they've got a lot of things that they're doing to try to promote this movie. I wish we, had, we would have at least been able to tell, you know, have him answer the question though about what people can do to get this movie out into the theaters. Uh, but maybe we'll follow up at some point in the future. And if I see him pop back on the line, we'll go back to him again. But uh, the movie, by the way, is Amerigeddon. Amerigeddon, and uh, you can get to the website. Uh, AmerigeddonTheMovie.com, that's A-M-E-R-I-G-E-D-D-O-N, AmerigeddonTheMovie.com. And uh, very important, uh, my understanding is that there is parts in the movie, and I'm not spoiling anything here because I know he's revealed this in the past, where a soldier who is the hero of the movie, is confronted with the question of whether he will fire upon the people, whether he will be, whether, whether he will, um, 
you know, he's ordered to, to actually fire on Americans, and he refuses. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is a very similar situation that we've seen unfold. I come back to the 29 Palms survey. Apparently, that was uh, Lieutenant Command- Commander uh, Ernest Guy Cunningham gave on May 10th, 1994 at uh, the 29 Palms Naval Base in California. Uh, you know, he uh, he put out this survey, and, you know, there's there's copies of it online. But basically, do you feel that U.S. combat troops should be used with, within the United States for any of the uh, following missions? And it says drug enforcement, and there's, a, there's, there's a checkmark boxes, strongly disagree, disagree, agree, strongly agree, and no opinion. Um, do you... Another another uh, option is uh, disaster relief, hurricanes, floods, fires, earthquakes. Interestingly enough, uh, we just had Obama come out uh, just, I think, this past week and t- tell Americans that they needed to be prepared for earthquakes. Now, we know there's a lot of tampering that goes on with the weather. A weather modification is very well documented. Are they planning on big earthquakes uh, this year, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, is this something that they're working on? We don't know, do we? There's no way to know. Even after a weather event, there's no way to know. Uh, the only thing you can do is uh, look at the uh, at the patterns of the hurricane activity, the paths that it takes. If it if the if the particular thing behaves strangely, we can surmise that it might have been tampered with. But but weather modification and geoengineering is very effective in the sense that uh, it, it provides the plausible deniability to people. But this 29 Palm survey, uh, do you feel that U.S. combat troops should be used within the United States for any of the following mission? And and it strongly disagree, disagrees, agree, strongly agree, and no opinion. And 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 the options, the various questions, was drug enforcement. Uh, disaster relief, security at national events, environmental uh, disaster cleanup, uh, substitute teachers in public schools, community assistance programs, federal and state prison guards, national emergency police force. Hello, national emergency police force. Advisors to SWAT units, the FBI or the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco and Firearms, uh, Border Patrol. Do you feel that U.S. combat troops under U.S. command should be used in other countries for any of the following United Nations missions? Uh, Disaster relief, environmental disaster cleanup, and it just goes on and on. Peacekeeping is one of them. This is very important to, to, to come back to these things from time to time, ladies and gentlemen, because they don't just hand these things out for no reason. Obviously, way back then they were planning stuff. All right, we're going to take the bottom of the hour break. We'll be back in a moment. This is Govern America. Ah! 
countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from ABR. The ABR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. a heart condition and emergency rooms and medical doctors are not an option, you need our emergency heart attack kit. Five concentrated liquid formulas enter the system in 60 seconds to protect your heart muscle, strengthen heartbeat, increase circulation, relieve pain, and make breathing easier. When seconds count, you want all the help you can get with our emergency heart attack kit. Easy to use and portable in a one-pound compact kit for your purse, briefcase, or car. Call Apothecary Herbs now for your emergency heart attack kit, toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water.
we're back. This is Govern America. I'm Darren Weeks as we continue on here. By the way, the website is governamerica.com. That's governamerica.com. And the movie the, the movie website is Armageddon, the, or I'm sorry, Amerigeddon, the movie, Amerigeddon, the movie.com. That's the website for the movie, Amerigeddon, the movie.com. And I'm going to try to uh, go to our local theaters here and see if we can get that in in the uh, theaters here. I would love to see it. I've seen the trailer, but I would love to be able to see the full movie. By the way, uh, CFR in the chat room, the chat room, by the way, is chat.governamerica.com. CFR in the chat room says uh, that uh, that EMP is the new fear porn. I, I don't agree with that. I genuinely believe that they're planning this. I think this is going to be the new false flag operation. Uh, they've said too many things indicating, hinting. You know, it's, it's interesting that the other side tries to do this. Uh, sometimes years before they're planning something, they let out little hints about what's coming. Why they do this, I don't know. Maybe they feel so excited about this. I mean, because these people are diabolical. They're evil. And they get great delight in being able to foretell the story of what's going to happen to you. You know, they did it with 9-11. Uh, I, I, I distinctly remember uh, reading, in fact, that years ago when I was operating live van for the local television station, I was kind of tuned in to Patriot stuff to a certain extent. Uh, and I uh, went to the Capitol. They were holding a rally, the Patriots were. And ironically, I was the guy driving the live van for the TV crew that was covering the Patriot material. And uh, I went through and, and looked at the uh, some of the leaflets that were out. And I picked some of them up and, and kept them. And one of the things that was there was this thing by Defense Secretary William Cohen, who said that terrorism was escalating to the point where Americans would soon have to choose between... Uh, more more intrusive means of protection, and, you know, there it is. So that was many, many years prior to uh, what happened. That was many years prior to what they actually did. Uh, we got a call on the line. I'm not sure if this is Mike again or who this is. Hello. Hello, caller. Who do we have? Hi, Hi, Darren. This is Sherry. Oh, Sherry. How you doing? Um, Okay. Um. I heard um, uh, oh the guy that has the show Armchair Survivalist say this not too long ago, and it makes sense to me, mm-hmm. is that the uh, a country like China that would want to actually come in here, uh, they wouldn't do an EMPs because, uh, you know, of the danger of, uh, the radiation that the nuclear power plants would be putting out all over it would really make a lot of places, you know, unusable on the surface. So you're right. If it gets done, it will be an internal threat from someone who, you know, the powers that be. Yeah, we know the uh, the establishment has run. their underground bunkers. They've been they've been working on these underground bunkers for years. I don't know if you recall. But uh, it's been several years ago now that uh, there were a number of uh, 
noisy things going on at the White House that a lot of people in the media were talking about what's going on. The people in the inside the White House, you know, just ordinary staffers, weren't clued in on it. Uh, but they were doing a lot of things underground, and we know there's a, there's there's whole cities that they have built underground. They're all prepared. Uh, some of these very rich, oh, wealthy yeah. people have been have been doing these underground vaults and things so that they can literally spend years, if they have to, living underground in luxury. And um, you know, one thing about these nukes, if they were set off, I mean. They've got the technology down now, I believe, from what I've read anyway, that they can do a targeted attack over a city, and it might not even affect the outlying areas at all. So, I don't know. Well, they would have to do several of them. Yeah. Because uh, it's not going to cover a, you know, it would take out the grid in that part, but, uh, you know, it would take, I've heard them say four or five to cover the United States. I think that they would target even be more. Yeah, I think the major cities would be the biggest one, biggest things targeted, uh, because those are your population centers. Well, um, have you heard Jim McKinney talk about the rods of God weapon that was done to Ecuador in uh, April and May? It's been quite a while since I've talked to Jim McKinney and. Uh, I haven't followed him in a while because I've just been too busy. Uh, so, no, well, I, I, I don't uh, think I have. Yeah, this is a, a, a weapon that they're shooting from outer space. And uh, he he started talking about it. He was actually down in Ecuador, but not in the – he was a ways away from where this happened. Mm-hmm. And he and he, he's got a background in, in – nuclear physics, too, and um, he said that uh, he's been reporting on it for the last, his last few shows, and um, and then his website was severely attacked, and you can't, you won't even be able to, to uh, get the shows until he gets everything repaired, but where he's talking about it, but uh, it is so evil. The uh, first one, it was in April... Um, I think around the 16th or something. Um, and there's people that got the video and of of this weird thing coming in, and he said it actually didn't go deep enough, and it was a nuclear explosion in the, the thing, mm-hmm. and it gave them a, a whole lot of people radiation poisoning, and that has not been reported. But he he went down there and looked, and yeah, those. And he he actually took, um, you know, when he was at Tulane, he actually um, learned about what to do in a nuclear incident as far as medicine. And, and he, uh, but it, it's really interesting, and this is so evil. Yeah. And uh, he said the reason he thinks they're doing it is was to get... Um, you know, the economic hitman thing, uh, mm-hmm. trying to get uh, Ecuador to have to sign an IMF loan that they couldn't pay back, and they're wanting to get their uranium. And uh, because primarily their uranium and then maybe the oil, too. So, But it, it is so evil. 
Can you can you can you? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, can you cover again what what exactly they're doing these, with these with these weapons? They're shooting something from outer space. Hmm. You know, all these. It must be all this secret stuff that they they send up these missions uh, that they don't talk about. Yeah. You know? And I don't think the Russians are in on it. I think this must have been, you know. But, yeah, you ought to have him on to talk about it. Well, I'll see if I can get him. Uh, because, there are certain uh, times. Last time I spoke with him, uh, he was pretty busy, and that was, but that was quite a while ago, so I don't know if he's uh, more available now than he... He, he has bit certain, well, certain times of the year he's more busy than others. Yeah, he's doing more shows because he wants to get this out, and his, his website was really taken down. Hmm. Um, and it was because of this. But the other thing I wanted to say was um, I read a book several years ago called Clouds of Secrecy, and it was about biological and um, chemical, uh, you know, programs. And uh, I think it was written in the 80s. And according to them, the most effective means of decreasing the population is biological. That's the cheapest way to do it. Well, it certainly and, doesn't uh, um, damage any infrastructure. Right. And, you know, it, uh, so, you know, that that's the way I think they're going to do it. And they're already well on their way. Well, yeah, you know, and, and, and that's, the, the, that's the thing is that they, they have multiple, I believe they have multiple uh, ways of doing things. Um the biological thing could play out, and like you said, they're working on it, but they would have to have the cooperation of the people to a certain extent. It would be very hard. You know, I, I think they've been working on, you know, we know that they worked on, the, they've got all these labs all over the place where they're cooking up viruses, spending years to uh, develop things like the Spanish flu virus, recreate the virus so that they could, um, you know, somehow, well, who knows what. You know, why would you want to do that? But they say, oh, we want to study it. We want to know. Well, why would you want to know? It's over. It's done. Let's move forward. But no, they have to go back and recreate it so that they have this. And the only thing that makes sense is to use it as a weapon. But uh, the question is, what are they going to be putting in the vaccine? Go ahead. Years ago, I read Don Scott's research on... um, um, he's a guy out of Canada, um, mm-hmm. and in his book he said that they, the thing is, if they can make, okay, if someone dies in your family, you know, they die and uh, eventually you move on, but if they can make somebody have a chronic illness, then, you know, more than one person usually ends up having to take care and devote their time to taking care of that person. And that is what they're doing. They're distracting a lot of us through the illness that they're promulgating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, you you now have a, a daughter that, you know, well, anyway, you know, that you have to watch more than... You used to. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And that takes up, a, you know. You're talking I about watching out for your family. Because, yeah. Yeah. 
But, you know, if, if they make a person in your, your family sick, and look what they did to all these autistic, you know, through the vaccines, how they, you know, hyperactivity, autism, all this crap. You know, it just consumes parents' time. Yeah. But that's another thing to consider. It doesn't help that they're uh, making the restrooms where anybody can go into the any restroom. You know, the, you know, you've got you've got perverts being promoted now as normal people. You know, by the way, th- and this is off topic of what we were talking about, but did you know that I got a copy of the uh, Diagnostic and Statistical Manual on Mental Health, the second edition? Do you know that at one time they listed homosexuality as a mental illness? It was listed yeah, I had heard that. in the early 70s, and it was delisted, I think, right around 72 or 73 due to political pressure. But I've got, I have actually seen it now. Uh, in fact, I think they had a later d- a v- version of the second edition where it didn't appear. So, but, but I have the uh, copy of it uh, as a PDF file. I can't post it because I think it's copyrighted. But I've seen it with my own eyes. Uh, and so that goes to confirm that, what I've been saying, that, that, that this is, in fact, a mental illness. And at one time, they treated it as such. Go ahead. But, uh, you know, this whole thing about the uh, the bathroom thing, it's, mm-hmm. it, it's meant to be a distraction, I think. I'm, I've, I've heard people say this, and I think it's right. They're distracting it, us, and what are, like, what are they really not want us to know that's going on? And, you know. I think it's more than a distraction but, myself. You know. I, I think that this is something that they're doing to change, fundamentally change society. Um, the, you know, the, the morphing of our society began in the 1960s in earnest, but uh, they really ratcheted up. I mean, you can't have a society that is, uh, I mean, yeah, it'll distract people, you bet, but it's a, it's a distraction that you can't, you can't avoid being distracted. I mean, this is a safety issue. This is a real concern. And yeah, it, that. And, and, go ahead. And w- what feedback are they that they're getting on? Um, you know, they're monitoring everybody's social media, and they're, you know, getting all that uh, data. And I swear, Darren, I just want to. Yeah. Become a Jeremiah Johnson. I want to find a sane planet, <laughs> <But> Jerry. Anyway. <laughs> I need some. I need some sanity. Okay. That's all I had. All right. God bless you. I appreciate you. Thanks. All right. Bye bye. You too. Bye. Yeah, I need a sane planet, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Beam me up, Scotty. Uh, anyway, uh, we have another call on the line. I think this is John in Tennessee. John, go ahead. Oh yeah, you know, um, Darren. <laughs> This rods from God, rods of God. If you remember the site that uh, Google took down that I had the the blog, mm-hmm. I actually had written something, and I think it was those. Well, actually, now that now that you uh, mention it, John, I believe you you posted that up on Govern America. Well, I, it may be there. I'm not able to really look, but it's yeah. Let me take a look. You know, 
I think it's kinetic energy weapons. I, and again, I'm a I'm an ex weapons mechanic mm-hmm. from a long time ago, from the seventies. And if you remember, they had this thing where they were shot some something into the moon to see if there was water. Mm-hmm. That was not see if there was water. That was a weapons test. There's there's no getting around it. It's a dual platform system. Uses tungsten bars, tungsten rods, which, interestingly enough, is why they outlawed incandescent light bulbs. They need the tungsten. They come in, and they, it actually looks like lightning. When it heats up coming through the atmosphere, it, it looks like lightning. And that lines up with the biblical prophecy of being able to call fire down from heaven. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the equivalent of a nuclear explosion with no radiation. Go in and take what you want because everything's gone, everyone's dead, but uh, there's no radiation. So you can take a country and there's no waiting for the radiation to dissipate. So yeah, it's I'll, interesting that, that – go ahead. I'll put the, uh, I'll put the uh, link to your piece up on Govern America in the show notes uh, so that people can see what you wrote there about that. Well, if that piece is on Govern America, then it was one that I happened to pull off because I had a couple of sites. They took the main one down, and the other one that I had was called Give Me Some Truth, and uh, that one has been... The blog is still there, but all the posts have been removed, so it's uh, not even in the Wayback Machine, Darren. They cleaned it out really well. Hmm. Interesting. But if it's on Govern America, then I'm glad it's still there. Yep, still Hopefully, there. Uh, people, people have looked at them in the past. Maybe uh, some of my other stuff will show up. But uh, it was amazing. Two years of work down the drain. Yeah. Well worth it. Well, we're, we're, we're very work. backed up at Govern America. Uh, we do regular backups. So anything you want to post there, feel free. Because right, well, as long as we're able uh, to keep keep going, I, I enjoyed what you were able to get to get out with uh, Chuck Norris's son. Yeah, I hope that you know it continues. It, it's an amazing time we're living in, man. Yeah, it, it really it, I, I'm very encouraged to see you know actors come forward. You know um, that the other uh, the the guy who starred in the uh, you know Behold a Pale Horse. Uh, the country star, uh, what's his name? Geez, for some reason his name is a Charlie story. Daniels. Charlie Daniels, yes, thank you. Uh, he, it's nice to see him stepping forward and telling people. I guess they got a new movie out as well. Uh, but it's nice to see people like that stepping forward. We've got a burgeoning patriot movement now. I mean, but it, but it it was bound to happen because people can't avoid seeing it now. I mean, it's right there staring in you in the face. It's so obvious. It's not only that, it's not only that Darren, but people, people that really have a love for truth. And, and I would like to think that I've played some part, maybe even with Charlie Daniels, because he does live right outside of Nashville. He lives in Mount Juliet. And I've been calling into Nashville Talk Radio for 20 years, but, but basically since 2002, you know, when I when I came out of my mind fog 
And since they've been banned, when I present evidence, when I did it, maybe uh, Charlie was listening, you know. And Entirely possible. If he was wanting the truth, if he was wanting the truth and he sees how people with the truth are treated by the media, then that, that's enough to cause someone to take action. And that's what it's all about. That's why you do what you do. That's why we all do what we do. So. Yep. Yep. Anyway, I appreciate I'm it. Into a rainstorm. Talk to you later. All right. God bless. Take care. Yep. Bye bye. All right. There he is, John in Tennessee, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, all right. We have a few minutes left in this hour. If you want to call in, uh, we'll go ahead and give the number out: one eight four four six four six eight three seven six. That's one eight four four six four six eighty three seventy six. By the way, in the next hour, we're going to have Lark in te- Lark in Texas uh, joining us. Uh, Lark. You recall called in last week and was giving me information on the syndicalism, and he's going to be joining us uh, in a few minutes to uh, to continue that discussion, and uh, we'll probably cover some news and information as well uh, with him and get his take on certain things, the things that are going on in our world. So that's coming up about the top of the hour, uh, after the top of the hour break. Uh, we were talking earlier about the uh, 29 Palms survey. I will put the link, by the way, to that also in the show notes because I think people need to be aware that this is going on. We have so many people that have awakened now, and there's so much old information that people, the new people coming on board are not aware of that we need to sometimes go back and revisit this stuff. You know, and we were talking earlier with Mike Mike, about this uh, EMP possibility, you know, and and now we see, uh, and this is something I didn't get to last week, downtown Seattle hit by widespread power outage, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, France may go dark tomorrow, Tyler Durden at Zero Head says, but for residents of downtown Seattle, elevators ground to a halt and lights went out across downtown Seattle late Wednesday morning as a major power outage struck. According to KOMO News, uh, the outage struck at about 11.30 a.m. The cause of the disruption was an equipment failure at Massachusetts Street substation and was expected to last about two hours, according to uh, Seattle City Light. Uh, The outrage, or the outage, rather, uh, was causing major problems across the downtown area. At least seven elevator rescues were in progress as the emergency responder, uh, that's what it says, emergency responder, but it should be responders spread across the area. Traffic lights went dark at major intersections, causing backups and traffic jams. Uh, Many workers fled darkened buildings out into the streets. Ferry service from uh, Seattle uh, was, anyway, it was down as well. Uh, But we also see that there there was evidently an exercise going on at the same time. So, was this a rehearsal? Maybe not. But it's just kind of an interesting thing, ladies and gentlemen, when you see rehearsals going on at the same time that you see other things taking place. All right, we have a couple calls on the line. Let's go ahead and take the uh, one of two. Go ahead, caller. Who do we have on the air here with us? Hey, Darren, this is Sam calling. How hey, are you? Sam, how you doing? Doing okay. Hey, I wanted to kind of give everybody a heads up on a story that uh, you covered and I covered a couple of weeks ago. Remember the fires they had up in Canada, up at Fort McMurray? Um, yes. The big fire that engulfed that area up there. 
Interesting story uh, broke on that here within the past uh, week or so. Apparently now when people go into those neighborhoods now, they are asked to sign a non-disclosure agreement. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. They with anybody what they've seen. Mm. And I think that's a very important discussion to bring up because, um, you know, the question is what really went on over there? Is there more to this than what meets the eye? And I'll post, in fact, I'll post you the actualities um, in the in the directory on your server so you can have them and play them back, uh, you know, maybe on next week's show or just whenever you can get to them. Okay. I got two actualities on it that I'll post for you, both of them from uh, uh, one of the news services up there. And uh, But it's quite fascinating how this, uh, how suddenly we have this non-disclosure agreement. Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing that I had meant to talk about. I'm glad you brought it up because, yeah, why would they be having people sign non-disclosure agreements? These these are people that live in the area. Uh, they want to go back to what used to be their homes anyway, see if there's anything salvageable, and they're, they're literally not being allowed in unless they sign these agreements. So, yeah, you're right. What, what, what yeah. are they doing? What would be the reason for it? I can't think of any good reason that they would be requiring people to sign these things. That's exactly right. And the, and the the interesting thing, I had questions regarding it when it first broke because, you know, first of all, I smelled a rat from the get-go because you wouldn't have a fire like that that wouldn't engulf a whole town unless uh, clear-cutting was forbidden around that town. And that's one of the problems that we see so much out in the West in this country as well. And so I start smelling Agenda 21 with it right off the bat. And so the question is, what I'm wondering, we'll, ne- we'll never find out, but what I'm beginning to wonder, was this fire intentional to get everybody out of there so they could get to some minerals or something? Well, and I think that that probably is pretty, uh, is, is extremely likely. You know, they, uh, Obama wouldn't approve that Keystone XL pipeline. And the next thing you know, you got a massive fire in a very oil-rich area. You do have to ask questions, don't you? You sure do. And with that, I'll let you go because I know you got Lark coming up. All right. Hey, thanks, Sam. I appreciate that. God bless you. Talk soon. You betcha. Folks, his website, by the way, is theinformationcorner.com. That's theinformationcorner.com. Got to take the break. We'll be back in a moment. This is Govern America. Lark in Texas will be joining us in a moment.
For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. We're here in this fine imported china shop where Amazing Allen will attempt to carry a valuable tea setting across this newly waxed floor while wearing large wool socks. Uh, guys, how much is this Ming vase worth? More than we're paying you, Allen. Oh. We're illustrating that it is impossible for man to make it to heaven on his own. I can do this. Okay, take one and action! As Alan is illustrating, a lot of people assume they are good, and therefore God will let them into heaven. This is no problem. But we all have one thing that comes between us and God, our sin nature. Okay, let the bull loose. The bull? The Bible says if we've broken one law, we've broken them all. Good point, Alan. That's why Jesus died, to pay the penalty for our sin. We cannot be right with God without Jesus. Another message from Lifeline Productions, the comic strip of radio at LifelinePro.com. Documenting the crisis of our republic. Waging war on the new world order. This is Govern America. America. From just south of the Great Lakes capital city, covering all of North America via satellite, AM and FM stations all across the country, and live and archived on the World Wide Web, this is Govern America, our number two. I'm Darren Weeks, as it continues to be the 4th of June, 2016, and it's good to have you with us once again, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, greetings to all the folks at American Voice Radio Network, uh, listening on satellite and the streams all over North America and around the world. And greetings to the folks just joining us now on UCY.TV. Glad to have you as long as well. All the folks listening to us later on in the day, uh, the month, maybe even the years, down the line. Listening to us via podcast and the archives. Good to have you with us as well. Uh, joining us this hour is going to be Lark. Uh, he's on the line right now. We also have a, a caller on the line. So I'll tell you what, I'll go ahead and bring Lark up. But Lark, good morning. or good after- Actually, it's morning where you are, I guess. You're down in Texas. How you doing? That's right. It's uh it's 11 a.m. uh central time here in uh uh the Big D area, North Central Texas, Darren. How are you? I'm doing very well. Uh I want to go ahead and uh, take this caller here real quick, squeeze them in before we uh before we get started with our discussion. Uh hello caller, who do we have on the air here with us? This is Harvey in Florida, Darren. Hey Harvey, how you doing? I'm, I'm hanging in there. Lark, Lark is Lark is joining us down man. there. So both of you are in the deep south. Well, I'm pretty deep. Yep. <laughs> See, Always uh, getting I, deeper. I sent you those. I sent you those radio plays from the late '40s and early '50s called "The Man Called X," and that's when you say that uh, they like to tell you ahead of time what's going to be going on in the future the powers that be and they, they plant these stories well that, the man called X is very indicative of that that's why I listen to those programs and I hope you've had a chance to listen to some of them They're no I, ha- I haven't yet I really appreciate that be- be. because I I actually um, I actually really enjoy those radio dramas but I haven't had a chance to listen to them yet I've just been up to my eyeballs and alligators but uh, I I have I have them I save them, and uh, I will get to them, especially well, yeah, with you your recommendation. Because you could, you could, 
they were telling you ahead of time what's going to be in the future. They have uranium stories, and and he travels all over the world for the for the forerunner of the CIA. It's very very interesting to see what you could pick up that's happening right now, and that seventy years ago or mm-hmm. thereabouts. So take a listen to those. All and right. when it comes to those. Uh, you know, I once walked into a meeting, they were having a FEMA meeting, and you talked about releasing of these germ weapons and all. I walked into a FEMA meeting, uh, must have been about 10 years ago now, mm-hmm. and I went undercover in this meeting, and who was there was the generals, the military admirals, it was the locals. That was when they were pushing some type of uh, mosquito virus. They said it was going to be a pandemic, one of the... Ten pandemics that we never had that they thought was coming that they were planning on releasing, and you should have seen who was there were goose steppers, they were admirals, they were FEMA heads, there was local, local uh, military, local state police. It was it was like a festival. It was unbelievable. Wow, what I saw there. So they they they've been working on this. Well, I've, they had this meeting when FEMA was early on in its in its infancy ten years ago, and. Uh, it was really amazing to, to, to and when they caught me in there, they uh, I had to pretend I was senile, and they marched me out. But I was there for a while, seeing what they were up to. It was pretty sickening. It was, they were all working together to to save us from the the bugs. Well, so, you know what's I'll interesting. I'll let you go on about your show. Maybe I'll touch base later. Okay. Yeah, I appreciate it, Harvey. God bless you, and feel free to call back. Yeah, you too. All right. Bye. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Yeah, you know, Lark, uh, it's kind of interesting that. This whole Zika thing is being pushed in a major way right now because, you know, they're they're talking about microcephaly, the condition where little baby heads are small. And from my understanding and reading this thing, that is not a side effect of Zika. Historically, Zika has been something that's caused flu-like symptoms. You know, so it's not near, it's really, but so this thing is really being built up. Uh, according to uh, the guy that does no more fake news, uh, John Rappaport, he used to report for the big networks. Now he's writing, you know, articles exposing the truth, things like, you know, you and I cover all the time on broadcasts like this and the big alternative media uh, everywhere. Um, John Rappaport has done a lot of research on diseases, and he says that there's really no evidence that microcephaly is caused by Zika. Uh, so this looks like the next chapter of this whole Ebola scare, and that is, you know, as a CFR to hell put, you know, use the phrase fear porn. I think that is fear porn. I think that is something they're trying to use to scare people into getting vaccinations or whatever else, because you know we know that State Emergency Health Powers Act is on the books, uh, you know, and in various states across the union, and people need to find out you know, where their state is on that. You know, you talk about communitarianism. Vaccinations are a perfect example of your communitarianism. You know, oh, you don't have any individual rights to not get stuck with a needle because it's your neighbor that's going to pay the price for your lack of of getting stuck with a needle. What do you think of that, Lark? Well, I I consider that uh, what you're describing is uh, part and parcel of what I call uh, variants of what we can term modern warfare, mm-hmm. and uh, to wit, uh, principally what we're talking about is uh, f- five types of 21st century warfare. 
And uh, in, in each case, I would call it technological warfare, okay? And it begins with nonlinear warfare, and then it extends to asymmetric warfare, then to psychological warfare, then to biological warfare, and finally to mimetic warfare. Now, you can go on YouTube and you can type in nonlinear warfare, a new system of political control. Okay. Now, remember what Vladimir Lenin said. If any opposition to Soviet policy were to arise, then they needed to anticipate it and then lead the opposition. Yep. Okay. And uh, what we have in, in America today uh, is, is partially exemplified by a Newsweek uh, magazine cover from a few years past. And the cover was titled, We Are All Socialists Now. <laughs> On the cover was a red hand represented by a red state shaking hands with a blue hand represented by a blue state. There you go. We are all socialists now. And so we have to describe our terms. What do we mean by a socialist? A socialist is a corporatist and or fascist, also a communist. And if you were good to uh, live in Europe and, and ask a, a, a cross-section of uh, Europeans what do they understand to be libertarianism, they would say it was a variant of socialism. Wow. They would say that? That's right. That's pretty and interesting. If you, go, because if, I, you go to a, if you go to a website, it's called SIDIS.net. CITIS. SIDIS.net. Now, this is the man who is said to have popularized this word libertarian and or libertarianism in the years preceding, during, and following World War II in the American uh, public mind. Mm-hmm. But for him, it was always with uh, the discussion, always within the rubric of what he called democracy. Okay. Now, a lot of Americans don't realize this, but the word Bolshevism is a Russian word for the English word majoritarianism. Mm -hmm. And this is synonymous with that word democracy. Yeah, that's, that's what comes to mind when you... You talk about majoritarianism, you're talking about rule by the mob and the masses. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's not by accident, Lark, that they're calling our constitutional republic, or at least what was founded as a constitutional republic, a democracy. These people know what they're doing. Uh, the, at least the, the officials do. And, of course, the American people listen to them and not having most never have, having read the Constitution just parrot what they hear their elected officials and bureaucrats say. Well, this attack on the so-called Constitution occurred early on mm -hmm. uh, in American history in the early part of the 19th century. Uh, we have the example of uh, the Marquis de Lafayette. We have the example of uh, Alexis de Tocqueville and uh, his, uh, his uh, books, for example, one uh, famously called on democracy and uh, he was championing this thing called democracy in the early part of the 19th century mm -hmm. and uh, so there's a long history 
of uh, people trying to subvert the words, the language of this thing called the Declaration of Independence, the Articles of Confederation before that, the U.S. Constitution, and, and so forth and so on. See, when you can subvert the language, and especially you can uh, uh, dominate and control the, the public language or the narrative that is uh, 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 inculcated into the American public mind, for instance, then uh, you control all sides of the debate. Because, see, language is malleable. Yeah. It's very, it's very malleable. Well, and the problem is they're controlling the narrative every step of the way. I mean, we've got the media out there, and, and, and it's, it's the mouthpiece of the globalists, the mouthpiece of the planners, the, the people that are the subversives in our society. It's kind of ironic. They say we're the anti-government people. They're the ones that are trying to destroy our system of government. And, and well, when we look at when we ahead. look at that word media, media, of course, is the uh, collective uh, word for the uh, uh, singular word medium. Medium, right? Okay, and mm-hmm. then there's another word which is a collection of various media, and that word is media. Okay, and that's spelled M-E-D-I-A-E. Okay. Okay. A medium is an intercessor. Now think about a crystal ball uh, gazer. Mm-hmm. Okay, or a spiritualist, a transcendentalist, uh, a demon uh, worshiper, a demon channeler. Ima- ima- imagine uh, Madame Blavatsky sitting at a table mm-hmm. with, with a circle of uh, uh, attendees to a to a séance, if you will. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And there's a crystal ball. Well, that's a medium, right? And and the medium uh, becomes the person who is gathering uh, readings or guesses from this uh, crystal ball gazing. Well, this is, what, this is what media is. It's a way to uh, separate us from our own self-identification and our own personal autonomous interaction with the, the world which stimulates us around us. Yeah. Well, so the media itself is a distraction because absolutely we, live it time, is. we live at a time in human history where we have... Uh, uh, Media saturation uh, at an unprecedented level. Yeah, and the problem is, is that we have so many of these things everywhere. Uh, you know, I remember when I was growing up. Uh, you know, I sound like an old man now. <laughs> Back in my day, but uh, I uh, I remember we had like two two channels on TV, <laughs> and that was it. I mean, and then then later on, there were a couple of more uh, UHS stations that came on on the air. And so we had four. You know, we didn't have all these cable things until later on. You know, eventually it showed up in our town. And and there was a lot more. But um, And then the 24-hour news networks eventually came came on. And, 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 and so it just became a bombardment then. And I remember the first Iraq war back in, what, I guess the 80s, where um, it, they were calling it, you know, this is the first televised war. And um, where we can have live reports right out of Baghdad. And, of course, they were cleared by Iraqi censors. And, um, you know, it was all propaganda. We didn't know how bad it was propaganda. But it was it, it served we, – we have whole generations of people that have been raised on nothing but propaganda, Lark. Well, these, uh, these propaganda organs began with, of course, newspapers, periodicals, pamphlets, 
uh, magazines uh, and the like, and it extended into, of course, radio. Uh, before that, we had the Telegraph, and uh, before that, we had the Pony Express. Uh, then, after radio, of course, we had television. Yeah. And this was this was one of the greatest propaganda um, devices Mechanism. ever ever conceived up to its time. Right. But it's even that's been superseded today by the so-called World Wide Web or the Internet. That's true. Well, there's a there's an, an article attitude. that anybody can there's an article anybody can search online, Darren, uh, and they can read about this, and it's called Propaganda 2.0 mm. colon the rise of quote unquote narrative networks. The rise. I'm right. I'm jotting these. I'm jotting these things down because I'm trying to to put it all together. Because I'd like to put add all this stuff that you're referring to in the show notes so people can uh, get I'll to put it. it. I'll put it in the chat for you. Okay, sounds good. And uh, anyway, it was written by a guy named George uh, Dvorsky, and his website is called the Institute of uh, Ethics and Emerging Technologies. I double E is in Edward. He is in Tom.org. Now, this man is a, um, is a transhumanist aficionado. He writes for uh, uh, Humanity Plus. He's been a contributor in the past. And uh, he's also championing this thing as uh, called rights for non-human persons. Oh, yeah. I just saw something about that just this, you know, within the last couple of days. Well, in the text of that article, he cites uh, DARPA putting out a request for bids uh, for uh, ways in which to uh, integrate and uh, strengthen what he termed, or uh, what DARPA termed, narrative networks, okay, and especially across the Internet. And uh, this, is an, this is basically brought forth in, forward into the 20th century what uh, Vladimir Lenin talked about during the time of the Bolshevik Revolution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just trying you to know, find the, that the article aim, aim, you referred uh, to. I'll pull it up for you. I'll put it in the chat room. Okay. Uh, maybe during the break or something like that. <clears throat> it's called Propaganda 2.0, colon, the rise of uh, narrative networks. Narrative networks. Very good. And that's George Dvorsky. George Dvorsky. And the website is Institute of Ethics and Emerging Technologies, IEET.org. Yeah, you know, a lot of the people out there, you know, not in this audience, I'm sure, but, you know, in a lot of ordinary mainstream folks who just don't pay attention to anything in particular unless they see it on Facebook or some of their, uh, you know, it bites them in the head, you know, uh, that they don't realize that every tool that has been given to us is really a weaponization of of their entire surrounding. You know, we don't have anything that the other side gives us. So the corporate world or, you know, government, nothing is given to us for our benefit. And once you realize that, I think you're so much further along uh, at being able to understand, you know, years ago the, the Internet was – was began as a military operation, and um, it, it evolved just like GPS did. It was another thing, you know, a military operation, and yet all of these things are used as tracking devices, uh, facial recognition, uh, you name it. They couldn't have really done a new world order effectively, I don't believe, Lark, without all of this 
all, all of this technology. What do you think? Oh, uh, there's no doubt. We we actually live in a time of uh, technological slavery. Mm-hmm. Now, again, we have to define our terms. What is a technology? A technology is simply a tool. It's a tool. Yep. And uh, slavery, to define what is a slave, a slave is a person who, uh, under the law, is uh, deprived of the right to uh, ownership of property, including uh, that of himself. In fact, he is the property of another or others. Mm-hmm. This is the definition of a slave. And uh, then, um, remember, uh, technology is simply a tool or a utilitarian device, something deemed useful. Okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, we've covered the definition of uh, slavery, but concomitant with slavery is this thing called legalized human, child, sex, drug, and organ trafficking. Yeah, that's a big one. Communi- communitarianism, uh, to understand it uh, and, and grasp it on this material, physical plane, uh, in its totality, um, you have to uh, look at other isms or schools of thought, which comprise that all-encompassing school of thought called communitarianism. Think of it like the Borg. You will be assimilated. Resistance is futile from Star Trek. Yep. Okay? Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. Slavery, slavery always begins in the mind. Yeah. Okay? It begins with language, which is a technology. It's a tool. Mm-hmm. But then it extends to our toys, smartphones, smart meters, personal computers. Okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, when you... Uh, when you look at language, you have to look at, um, uh, and, and by the way, regarding uh, our attachment to our toys, <laughs> our, our machines, yep. the marriage man and machine uh, is called cybernetics. Yep. And that was championed at MIT after World War II by an MIT professor named Norbert Wiener, W-E-I-E-N-E-R, something like that. And uh, what he advanced was this thing called the theory of cybernetics. And as it pertains to language, that was championed by a man named Alfred Korzybski. And his uh, theory was called the theory of general semantics. And famously, he said, the word is not the thing. The map is not the territory. And a surrealist painter of the time Okay, Lark, you're going real fast here, and I want people oh. to be able to get what you're saying. Uh, the theory of what? Can General you... semantics. General semantics. Okay. Alfred Korzybski. Just go to uh, any encyclopedic entry online. Korzybski is spelled K-O-R-Z-Y-B as in boy, S-K-I, okay. I believe. Yeah, Korzybski, theory of general semantics. You'll find it. Okay. And the theory of cybernetics, you'll find that too. Yeah, I've heard of that. I haven't really studied it deeply, but... Well, his, uh, his most famous work... Was sounds a lot like transhumanism. It absolutely is, uh, because uh, his first book was written for academics, and uh, it was uh, published in uh, 1948. But the, w- but the book that was published uh, in 1954 
was intended to popularize his ideas across uh, 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 all fields of human endeavor, okay. industrial society, if you will. And that book is was entitled uh, The Human Use of Human Beings, Cybernetics in Society. And wow. you can read a wiki, sum wiki summary of that book in five minutes to get a grasp of it, and you can see how it is that we have actually entered into technological slavery. Now, another example of what Korzybski said vis-a-vis -vis language. Remember, he said, the word is not the thing. The map is not the territory. These are representations. <clears throat> now, there was a... What is there was okay, a, uh, let's, let's stop right there for just a minute. The word is not the thing. The map is not the territory. What does he mean by that? Well, what he's simply stating is that these things that we call uh, words, whether they be signs mm -hmm. or symbols, the study of symbols is called symbology. The study of signs and signifiers is called semiotics. Okay. This is how language is usually divided when we study language. Okay? What mm -hmm. Krasinski was, was uh, propounding was this... Um, this idea that that um, words can cast spells upon others and upon ourselves. They can be wielded as weapons, and like all tools, they can be wielded for good or for ill. So technology is like a double-edged sword. Sure. It can be wielded for good, or it can be wielded for, for ill. Well, it's like the guns. You know, they're always villainizing the guns. That's and, right. And, and guns are used more to save lives than to take lives. Um, That's right. So, I mean, it's just a matter of using a tool. A good way to visualize this mentally is uh, a famous surrealistic painting by a, a man named René Magritte, a French painter, a surrealist painter. Mm -hmm. And his painting is entitled The Treachery of Images. And in that painting is depicted a man's pipe. Written in French, translated in English, below the pipe, in text, is, this is not a pipe. And of course it's not a pipe, because it's a representation of a pipe. Hmm. That's a way to, uh, to, to grasp in a general way what Krasinski is describing with the theory of general semantics. And if you look his name up, Alfred Korzybski or the theory of general semantics, you'll find it, like at Wikipedia, for instance. Okay. Uh, you, it, it, when you scroll down and you read through the, uh, the entry, you'll be surprised how many um, public intellectuals and well-known uh, people have subscribed to his ideas. That's it's fascinating. So how did, you, how, did you, uh, how did you trace it back to him, a lot of their uh, philosophies? How did you stumble upon that? Well, I've been researching this stuff, Darren, since 2004. Uh, I closed my business in 2006 okay. uh, for a variety of reasons. I'll tell you what, let's, let, let's get that in history in just a moment here. We're at the bottom of the hour right now. Folks, we're visiting with Lark in Texas. Uh, he's a patriot researcher. Uh, he's been a talk show host in his own right, frequent guest in various other talk shows, and a longtime uh, listener of this one. And we're glad to have him here as our guest here today on Govern America. We're going to continue here on the other side of the break. GovernAmerica.com, and we'll get his website, uh, LarkInTexas.blogspot.com is what his website is. Uh, we'll give it again after the break here in a moment. 
Stay with us, folks. We'll be back. It's getting tough out there. Yeah, no doubt. I work in home invasions mostly. Uh, some murder, uh, occasional rape, uh, and I'm a huge advocate of gun control. Absolutely. Uh, competition is stiff, and it, it doesn't help that every time I kick in a door or smash a window that I face the possibility of being shot and killed. Listen, the fact is Allowing citizens to own guns creates a hostile work environment for me and my associates. Uh, no one should have to work under under those conditions. Uh, I say make them all illegal. Absolutely. Make all gun ownership illegal. I mean, I break the law for a living. I'm a professional, so it doesn't really bother me. <clears throat> I mean, but personally, knowing that most homeowners don't have guns, uh, that would make me a lot more comfortable, uh, more confident, and it would surely increase productivity, no doubt. Your local violent criminals work hard and put their lives on the line every time they attempt to murder, rape, abduct, or assault a member of the citizenry. They desperately need your help. With your support, there may finally come a day when a violent criminal can have his way with you or someone you love without the fear, anxiety, and stress caused by knowing there's a possibility his victim might be armed. Please show your support by voting for stronger anti-gun legislation because criminals prefer unarmed citizens. Frank. Hey, Bob. How's it going? Doing okay. Yourself? Oh, hanging in there. You keeping busy? Oh, yeah. Another day, another dollar. Yeah, keeping the old nose of the grindstone, eh? Yeah, got to keep the bosses happy. Yeah, I'm just holding down the fort. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, how about that game last night, oh, huh? Oh, hey, was that something or what? Oh, yeah, you know yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. oh, hey. I gotta go. Oh, yeah, me too. I'm busier than a cat on a hot tin roof. Yeah, it's getting late. Yeah, well, hey, I'll see you later. Yeah, take it easy. Yeah, nice talking to you. Yeah, you too. Good to see you. Yeah, hey, well, don't do anything I wouldn't do. No, I won't take any wooden nickels. <laughs> yeah, well, hang in there, huh? Yeah, I'll catch you next time. Okay, yeah, next time. Yeah, have a nice day. Okay, bye. Uh, bye-bye. Greetings can be efficient, but can also isolate us from each other. Take time to get to know someone a little better today. Another message from Lifeline Productions, the comic strip of radio at lifelinepro.com. If you value the lives of unborn children, you're not alone. According to a recent CBS News survey, over two-thirds of those polled favor greater limits on abortion. Fewer than half said abortion should be permitted in cases other than rape, incest, and danger to the mother's life. Let's also not forget unborn children who cannot speak for themselves. Americans everywhere, especially the youth most affected by abortion's toll, are realizing that unborn children have the unalienable right to live and contribute to society. 
But knowledge is not enough. Only when we, the majority of Americans, stand up together for the most vulnerable among us will this tragic rejection of the unborn end. This has been a perspective on life from National Right to Life. For more information, visit our website at nrlc.org. That's nrlc.org. All right, we're back. This is Govern America. The website is governamerica.com. That's governamerica.com. And my email address is radio at governamerica.com. That's radio at governamerica.com. We're visiting with Lark in Texas right now. And uh, Lark, just before the break, we had to rudely interrupt you. Uh, you were just getting into how you uh, came to study uh, some of the things, uh, you know, regarding Alfred Korzybski, I think is his name, and the theory of general semantics. Well, I've always been interested in um, uh, religion and philosophy mm-hmm. since I was a child, and I've always been interested in words. And, uh, you know, as I entered into adulthood, um, you know, uh, attended college for a time, and uh, then into uh, my working life and so forth, I was like so many young people, I wanted to seize the day, you know, uh, mm-hmm. carpe diem. You know, I was uh, in love with life, and I wanted to explore uh, every aspect of life, and I was constantly curious. But along the way, uh, and early on, from the time I was, say, 14 years old, uh, I knew that I could never trust a doctor, a dentist, or an attorney (laughs) at all. And and, and for our new listeners, and I'm going to ask some dumb questions. I just want to let you know. Because I want people to be able to understand what you're saying here. Uh, why? Why would you not trust a doctor? Why would you not trust a dentist? Why would you not trust these wonderful individuals who uh, only have your best interest in mind? Because science itself is easily corrupted. Science itself is easily corrupted. Now, when we think of science, we think of using uh, deductive logic or reasoning and the scientific method. This is what qualifies as something that is uh, uh, a truth, a proof, if you will. Mm-hmm. And uh, increasingly, science is uh, biased because it can easily be bought off by money. Yep. So today, science is less... I would, I would even take that a little further and say most science is already bought off by money. I mean, it's, you're hard-pressed anymore finding any independent people that are able to speak up and say things that are not influenced by money. I mean, certainly they, there, are, there are a few out there, but they don't get any play in the press. They don't get any uh, – you, you hard, it's hard to hear from them because they don't have research staffs uh, that are able to uh, do studies and things like that. They don't get published in the scientific journals. So, yeah, I mean, money is – is huge in this uh, influencing what we call science today. Yeah, remember, um, using um, the scientific method, mm-hmm. uh, what you do is you test, you test, you test. And when you have replicable or repeatable results, then you have uh, the end result of uh, logical thought or deduction. That's deductive thought. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, what... Uh, people 
do today is they employ inductive logic or reason. In other words, they pull a conclusion that they desire to reach out of thin air. In other words, they already know the result of the experiments that they want to call uh, uh, the logic. Right. Okay, and that's called inductive logic. In other words, um, the facts have to fit the policy. Yep. Which is similar to what Tony Blair said very, very soon after 9-11. In other words, the facts as they had been determined by the uh, mainstream press, the big media, which is controlled by the CIA in this country, uh, they had to fit the policy. And so the scientists do the same thing. At the end of the day, what you have is a consensus of learned scientific opinion. Mm -hmm. And this is not employing deductive logic, by and large. Now, if you're going to propagandize the people, you have to have uh, a lot of facts, and you have to have a lot of so-called truth, but what you want to conceal... Uh, is um, the so-called lie or lies of omission. Right. See, this is the greatest lie of all, that which has been concealed or omitted mm -hmm. from the compendium of so-called facts which form the mantle of truth surrounding the greatest lies of them all. Yeah. Well, what comes to mind when you're talking about this inductive versus deductive reasoning and logic uh, and how they start with the conclusion they want to arrive at and work backwards, figure out how to wait, a way to get there, uh, is this whole climate change thing, you know, this whole global warming nonsense. You know, this is a perfect example of how they are manipulating society by uh, starting with the outcome they want and trying to arrive at a conclusion and working sometimes through various strained methods uh, to, to get there, you know. Um, and certainly we know with all the technology, as we were talking about technology before, where they're wanting to take society, uh, you know, with the cashless society and everything. As a matter of fact, at the Olympics, uh, I believe it's Visa right now. We have this article up on the website they're getting ready to uh, debut a ring at this next 2016 Olympics that uh, is going to be a payment system. So it's a cashless payment system, you know, very much, I guess, similar to the types of situations that we have with the smartphones. You've got Apple iPay now. You've got, there's an Android equivalent. Uh, Samsung has their own, quote-unquote, solution to the pay, you know, which ironically they originally called ISIS, but uh, they renamed it. But, uh, you know, we're seeing this thing built around us, Lark, and this is truly a scientific dictatorship, isn't it? Yes. In fact, a way to describe uh, or define this word uh, communitarianism is a dictatorship of the community. Mm. But, see, the community never includes uh, you or me. Right. It's always, it's always, it always uh, accrues to the benefit of the so-called stakeholders, people with skin in the game. Exactly. Exactly. And people, people go around parroting this meme, community, uh, other memes like sustainability, sustainable development, right. uh, quality of life, quality learning, <laughs> responsibility to protect, 
free trade, and hundreds of others of these words not realizing what they actually mean. Well, I uh, think it's important to point the, out that, that – and don't forget what you're saying here because I know I'm kind of interrupting you here, but I think it's important to point out that community in and of itself is not a bad word, and that's why I, I wrote that article I sent you back some time ago because I kind of want to – I want to make sure that people understand, too, that the, the origin, you, you talk about looking at the origins of words, community is common unity. People have done this throughout the beginning of time in order to come together in common unity and form, you know, groups of people that work together for survival. It's been necessary for people to do that because if they were to try to survive on their own as individuals, they wouldn't make it. So that's not really what you're talking about uh, in terms of, uh, and I don't want to say villainizing the word community, but it's the other side has taken this whole concept of community or common unity and perverted it at, to where individual rights are supplanted and it's only the quote-unquote community, which is this nameless, faceless entity, which dictates everything you do. Uh, am I hitting the nail on the head here, or no? You are, but let me counter with this. Okay. This is a word which has been hijacked. I agree. We must understand what has been happening in the public and private uh, school systems and in the colleges and universities over the past 20, 30 years, and particularly uh, as the personal computer was popularized in the early to mid-90s. Okay? Community is a virus of the mind. It is a meme. Okay, you can. There's a web. There's a website been around for a while. It's called Intentional Communities, and the web address is ic.org. Now there are many, many documents to support what I'm going to say here. Okay, but it is a destructive meme. If you go on Amazon, Virus of the Mind. The New Science of the Meme by Richard Brody. He's the one that uh, was largely responsible for develop developing Microsoft Word when he worked for uh, 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 Bill Gates. Okay. Okay. Richard and, Brody? Uh, That's B-R-O-D-Y? B-R-O-D-I-E. Okay. Very good. Virus of the Mind, The New Science of the Meme. Now, uh, as it's wielded as a destructive meme... The reason it's destructive is because it causes cognitive dissonance in the minds of those people who will either hear it or repeat it or parrot it. Okay? Mm -hmm. Everybody likes to think, well, community, that's very nice. You know, I like the idea of community. Yeah. Uh, cooperation. Everyone wants to be a part of something. Right. And, of course, when you look at the word uh, etymologically, a commune was simply a walled village in early medieval Mm -hmm. Europe, right? A ghetto was a uh, a, a cloister of people who uh, were uh, felt themselves as uh, outliers. In other words, they didn't feel part uh, of the village or the town or the city, and so they lived in ghettos. Okay, mm -hmm. and so let me let me share with you a quote okay. uh, by a man who actually invented this thing called the Occupy Movement. Okay. Okay, and his name was Kali Lassen, spelled K-A-L-L-E, Lassen, L 
A S N is in Nancy. Now he wrote a book called Culture Jam. He was he's a Canadian ad executive, and from his mind and the people surrounding him was born this thing called Occupy. Right. Occupy Wall Street. Which which we recognized those of it us who. Not it was not a grassroots effort. Yeah, we, we, we recognized that from the start as being a controlled opposition type of thing. It was cooked up, and then it was funded uh, in a public-private partnership with the uh, cooperation uh, or with the collaboration of uh, George Soros and the Hillary Clinton State Department. Right. Here's his quote. Here's his quote. And famously in his book, uh, Culture Jam, he said because he was a self-described nihilist or nihilist. He mm-hmm. said, we will wreck this world. But here's that quote. Potent memes can change minds, alter behavior, catalyze collective mind shifts, and transform cultures. Which is why meme warfare, remember I mentioned memetic warfare earlier, has become the geopolitical battle battle of our information age. Whoever has the memes has the power. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think we have our show title now, Lark, Meme Warfare. Wow. Well, let's just put the other ones in. Remember, I put a link in the chat rooms mm-hmm. uh, to the video that you can watch about nonlinear warfare. Okay. Nonlinear is one word on YouTube. Now, this was... This was described by an advisor to Vladimir Putin, and it goes directly to this thing called um, theater, geopolitical strategy, and false flag events. All the world is a stage. Boy, is it ever. Remember from Shakespeare. Mm -hmm. Then there's psychological warfare, there's biological warfare, and then there's asymmetric warfare. So we are being assaulted 24-7 in today's cultural, social, sociopolitical, and environmental milieu that we all live and breathe in. Yeah. We are being assaulted with the water, with the food, with the air, with what's on the airwaves. With each other. You know? And the American people themselves have been weaponized against their fellow Americans. Absolutely we have. And, and, and these foreigners that they're bringing in here, which I harp on a lot, but I can't help it, I mean, really, I mean, these are just stooges, too, that, you know, poor saps that they're using to enslave us all. And, and, and if they, right now, they're bringing them in, and they're going to be just as much uh, a part of the whole victimization when the time comes. Well, the, 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 the real truth of the matter is this, is we can liken it from the story from the Trojan War and the, uh, the Trojan Horse. Mm-hmm. Troy was under siege by the Greeks mm-hmm. for a very long time, and uh, it, it you know it's 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 in our history books. You know, part of its history, part of its fable or myth. But there was a Trojan ho- War, uh, but we don't know about this thing called the Trojan Horse, which is I think a myth. But what happened is is that the the Greeks uh, thought that they could deceive the Trojans by paying homage to them for being such uh, uh, valorous, courageous warriors mm-hmm. and, and, and uh, holding back the siege that they had been uh, 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 assaulted with. Mm-hmm. So the Greeks built this thing called the Trojan Horse. 
And uh, in order to breach the gates of Troy, the Trojans thought, oh, the Greeks have finally decided to leave the field of battle. We're no longer under siege. And the Greeks are paying their respects to us with this gift. And so they rolled it into the city, past the gates. And during the night, Greek warriors contained within side inside the guts of this huge wooden horse called the Trojan horse, uh, slaughtered the inhabitants of Troy. Yep. In other words, what I'm saying is the, the enemy has already entered inside or the, gates. the gates. Absolutely. He has. And, and the problem is, what do we do about it? You know, because well, the enemy Lark, as you know, more and more, uh, is technological. And we talk about a world without borders. They talk about a world without borders. And everything today technologically transcends borders. Uh, we, we have these free trade agreements which transcend borders. And, and, and the travel transcends borders. You know, uh, so with so many things that are created crises, mostly, but perhaps there could be one or two real crises mixed in there, but they're they're international. How do you maintain nationality? Uh, is it even possible to maintain nationality? Well, let me let me uh, let me provide a clue. Okay, as you well know, they don't give uh, one whit about uh, sovereignty, right? Uh, nationalist patriots, nationalism. Uh, borders. In fact, their aim is to dissolve nation states, all nation states. Exactly. Okay. And uh, uh, so, I mean, the, the way their way of thinking is anathema to patriotism and nationalism and national and, and borders. And, yeah. And uh, you know, of course, they don't do not consider questions relative to whether something is. Uh, moral or immoral to be uh, worthy of mention. Because, see, this is not scientific. What they entertain is amorality. Mm -hmm. That's amorality is a word which simply means that you do not entertain ideas or questions about whether something is moral or immoral, because, after all, it's not scientific. And the world that they embrace is, is, uh, can be described as scientism. Science is their god. You see? Yep. And uh, when you're talking about science, morality, according to them... Doesn't exist. Uh, it's a fiction. Does it, it doesn't... It's a state uh, it of mind. It's a, it's, it's a fiction of the mind. That's right. Now, I want to share with you uh, a definition or two of this word, communitarianism. I've described it as a dictatorship of the community. Mm-hmm. Okay? I've described it, or I've likened it to, like, the, uh, the Star Trek episode. Uh, with the Borgs. We are the Borg. You will be assimilated. Right. Resistance is futile. Exactly. Now, what they're trying to do is they're trying to inculcate this, this sense of uh, learned helplessness. In other words, we give up without a fight because we can't organize. We can't even get our minds wrapped around who or what is, in fact, the enemy. And remember what Sun Tzu said. In the art of war. No, you're if in. you don't know your enemy but claim to know yourself, you can expect to lose half your battles. Mm-hmm. If you don't know the enemy, whether who or what is the enemy, and you also don't know yourself, you can expect to succumb 
in every battle, and thus you will lose the war. So unless uh, people can get it into their individual minds who and or what is the enemy and stop casting or pointing a finger this way and that at who and what they perceive to be the enemy, they also always have to remember that there are three fingers pointing back at themselves. That's right. So you have to ask yourself, am I part of the problem or am I part of the solution? And you have to look at a system of systems and a community of communities in an environment upon environments as an example of systems thinking. Because remember what the occultists and the alchemists of old have always dreamed of. First of all, um, the ability to be able to uh, cast lead into gold. Well, they accomplished this with warfare. Mm -hmm. Immortality. Uh, In this first iteration, they accomplished this with what we know today as the modern corporation. Yep. And that's a very uh, good that's a very good analogy. And then there was this idea of creating a perpetual motion machine to serve their interest, to protect and preserve their privilege, their benefits, mm-hmm. their immunities, their protections. So and that's how you have to think of communitarianism. You have to think of it in just that way. When I think of a perpetual motion machine, I think of a machine that powers itself, right? I mean, isn't That's that right? So you're you're talking, you're using that as an analogy uh, to talk about their philosophy. Well, well it you know, goes to this thing called cybernetics. Okay. The, okay. You know, the human use of human beings. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you induce human beings to use human beings? Well, you have to incentivize them. There you go. Yep. Okay, and you have to make them think that they're doing the good thing, the right thing. Or you have to make them, on the flip side, desperate enough that they have no choice. Now, here's a definition that I'll share with you from somebody else, and the name will remain anonymous. But there are people that are studying this thing, but they're not vocal. They don't come on radio shows, and maybe they don't even write about it. So I'm encouraged by that. But here's a very good definition of communitarianism. If you don't mind, may I share it with Absolutely, you? Absolutely, sure. We're here to do this. <laughs> okay, here's the quote. and Listen carefully. I see it all as one form or another of systems thinking, regardless of the time period, whether it be sanctioned religion, political, and or economic ideology. All of these systems, so to speak, are slight variations of the same thing for certain peoples to adopt, believe in, and to fight over. Now we are going through the current update of the system, which is to bring them together, which is why I think the term communitarianism is being used the way it is for everything and everywhere. And to me, it's not so much that it isn't everything and everywhere, but they still need the people to believe that there are different types of communitarianism because we are still in the fighting stage of the merger. So there still must appear to be variations of communitarianism out there, some better than others, for people to adopt. How can anything be something as well as its opposite? It can't unless it's meant to confuse and cause chaos. I'll put it this way, as I have come to see it. It's a system of systems which operate in and on the environment of environments which acts through the community 
of communities.